0: Hi, I'm Larry Hama, and you're listening to G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. Yo, Joe. (laughs) Halvesies.
1: G.I. Joe, the real American headcast, is the code name for Aaron's daring, highly trained headcast. Its purpose? To podcast about G.I. Joe, fighting Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. G.I. Joe, American G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, Fighting for freedom. is trouble, and Retreat! Retreat! G.I. Joe G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe! And welcome back to G.I. Joe, Real American Headcast, episode number 26. Uh, first up, let me introduce our, our Joes. We got this one. Uh, we have... Brad Abraham, aka the headcast version of Ed McMahon. Hio Hey Brad. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> also joining us uh, from the Raider Cave, we have Kevin Reitzel, aka Raider nerd. <laughs> Well, what's going on, guys? Glad, glad you joined Thank us you for uh, Thank you. having me on again. Always, always a pleasure. Yeah, looking forward to uh, covering this issue. And speaking of the opposite of pleasure, we also have Jared Albright, the art cell artist. That is It's a prescription for danger. A.K.A. Death robe. Hey, Jared. Uh,
0: uh, What's up? Uh, can you copy over? Do you copy? I am not at Headquarters. I'm at Forward Located. Forward Located at be Beach Comic Con. How copy, over?
1: Over. <laughs> <laughs> also joining us once again from a previous episode, we have Jonathan shaver Haynes. Hey, John. Hello.
2: Hi there. Glad you could Jared join us once again. Always, Jared Hello. is always rubbing in the fact that he gets to go to conventions and we
0: don't. Yeah, but, you know uh, what you did. You know what you did. <laughs> Did. I'm not going to say to Jared. This <laughs> podcast getting out of hand already. is.
1: I'm, <laughs> <just laughs> I'm just mad I don't have a coat name. I'll get to it next time. And also, okay. brand new Joe joining us from our Great White North, the Canadian Embassy. Do it. Hey, good day. Welcome to the Great White North. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, okay, eh? Okay, our topic today... We have an international Joe,
3: Darren Kohler. Hey, Darren. Hey, Darren. How's it going? Hi, everybody.
1: Doing all right, man. Glad you could join us. I know I've been talking with you on and off on Facebook for a while. It's finally good to actually put a voice to the...
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Was, I, I had a chance to meet Kevin at JoeCon. That was... That was Cool. Darren is much more handsome in person. Great guy.
4: Well, there you go. Uh,
1: (laughs) We have that directly from Kevin.
5: I think we spent most of our time at Joe Con in line to get stuff signed by Larry Hama.
3: I think so. so.
1: (laughs) Great line to be in.
3: (laughs) Oh, That's uh, for sure.
1: So, Darren, before we get started with today's show's proper... Uh, why don't you tell them a little bit about your GI Joe origin story? How you fell in How did you find GI Joe and fall in love with it?
3: I guess I was probably about nine years old. It was in '84. My, uh, I guess my mom or I had to be her, but uh, got me. I guess a wetsuit and uh, or no, it was a torpedo and a shark. Yeah, with the vehicle and stuff. So it was the toy line that I kind of started with and. I, for most of my whole life, I've just kind of been collecting toys off and on, and I had kids so uh, young I, uh, I'd buy them one thing and I'd buy the same thing to myself. Kind of, it wasn't until recently that I uh, started uh, reading the comics and stuff once I started listening to your podcast. That's basically my story. Well,
1: good, glad to have you on. Like I was telling you before, yeah, we've talked, we've been talking on Facebook between, my, my G.I. Joe uh, group and your G.I. Joe Canadian collectors group, we've been talking for a while, so it's good to actually want to get you on for a while now. I figure this is a good episode to get you on with.
3: That's awesome. Uh,
1: let's go ahead and start with this actual today's issue. Today we're looking at G.I. Joe, A Royal American Hero, issue number 26. The cover date is August of 1984. The on-sale date was May the 8th, 1984. The cover price was $0.60, cents, and it was entitled Snake Eyes, the Origin. Writer and penciler was Larry Hama. Inker was Steve Leoa. Letter was Rich L. Parker. Colorist George Russo. Editor was Dennis O'Neill. That guy's never going to do anything after this. Uh, the cover credits was penciled by Larry Hama and neat by Steve Leola. And this was reprinted in the G.I. Joe's Magazine number 10, which I believe Jared has. And also Correct, in... Sir. Also in the G.I. Joe Volume 3 trade paperback, which I'm actually reading it out of. So let's get on to the synopsis. Uh, this month's story has three different point of views. So instead of going back and forth, I'm going to lay them out kind of each point of view at one time, just to make things a little less confusing, I think. Uh, so the story starts off in the Florida swamps with Junkyard leading the Cobras back to our Joes from last issue. Our three Joes chase after the escaped wild weasel and Firefly while they're running from the f- chasing Cobras. Junkyard leads Zartan, Destro, Cobra Commander, and Baroness to a quicksand pit. Our second point of view, we see a young boy trying to hold up a small Asian store owner. After disarming b- the boy, the store owner, who we find out is called the Soft Master, buys the boy's gun for 50 bucks. A much better deal than the man with the Uzi would have given him. Who was Snake Eyes, of course. He then gives Snake Eyes a box of his belongings and talks to him while relating the masked man's origin to us. Our third point of view is at the pit where the Joes talk about the strange tattoo on Storm Shadow, while Stalker and Hawk both gives us parts of Snake Eyes' origin. And everything dovetails into the origin, which is interspices out the story. So Snake Eyes' origin, Stalker, Tommy, aka Storm Shadow, and Snake Eyes were together in Vietnam. Tommy is always thinking about joining the family business, while Snake Eyes keeps looking at a picture of his twin sister. The helicopter comes to pick up the trio, they get fired upon, and Snake Eyes gets struck. Tommy jumps out of the helicopter and rescues his friend. Back on the helicopter is when Stalker first sees Storm Shadow's tattoo. We also find out that Tommy's last name, while unpronounceable, translates to Storm Shadow. When Snake Eyes returns home, Hawk meets him to inform him that a drunk driver has killed his family, his mom, dad, and his twin sister. After that, he goes to Japan to join Tommy in the family business. There he meets the Soft Master and the Hard Master, and reunites with Tommy, who's called the Young Master. Snake Eye learns how to be a ninja from the clan. We find out that Tommy has an ability called the Ear That Sees, that allows him to sense what's behind walls, plus he's an expert with bows. In the meantime, Snake Eyes becomes a favorite to the Hard Master. During training one day, the Hard Master informs our hero that he wants him to be made heir of the family business over Storm Shadow, to which Snake Eyes turns down. He then shows Snake Eyes another build he has, called the Chameleon's Cloak, which allows him to make himself sound like someone else. He's using this, disguising himself as Snake Eyes, when he's struck down with an arrow. The Softmaster arrives and says that he saw Storm Shadow fleeing the premises. Actually, he sees Tommy fleeing the premises. Uh, later, he heard of a ninja using the name Storm Shadow, joining Cobra. And that's our story. So let's go ahead and uh, first we'll take a look at the cover, as we normally do. The cover of this one's got our G.I. Joe Real American Hero logo. It says At Last, the startling secret of all. We get a file photo that says "Subject snake eyes. It's top security. We get a picture of Stalker, Storm Shadow, and a pre-injured snake eyes with his hat over his eyes. We get newspaper clipping says family wiped out in a flaming rack. We get a, a medal of some sort. We get a battered picture that says love, sis, of so this cute little blonde girl. We get a picture of snake eyes his mask. We get a picture, or a, uh, I don't know that's a button, or probably a, something to sew on, uh, the Arakshi clan emblem, a broken arrow tip, there's a, another badge that you sew on for something, I'm sure Jared can tell us what that is, and then there's another military form or something there, it looks like. So, let's go and get some thoughts on this cover. That Arakshi
5: clan pin thing, is that, is that, like, standard issue for ninjas?
1: <laughs> I'm assuming, we'll find out, uh, hopefully, uh, Let's go and start with our, our guest this time. Darren, what are your thoughts on this cover?
3: Okay. I thought that the uh, on the cover there, the Tommy looked quite a bit like Larry Hama. I thought that was cool. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Snake Eyes Dossier. If it wasn't a Joe fan or something, I wouldn't think that this this cover was very eye-catching. But like to somebody that is... A Joe fan, it's it's kind of in, an intriguing cover, like, mysterious anyways. And uh, let me see what else I got here. Just that the uh, picture there has a bullet hole. The picture of his sister has a bullet hole through it. So it just kind of catches my attention anyways. That's what I had there.
1: All right. And let's go ahead and go over to uh, the Ed Man of our show. Brad, what are your thoughts on this cover? Well, you know,
2: looking at these issues and their covers, I always try to put myself... In the headspace, I'd have been if I was seeing him on the spinner rack for the first time. And I've already said uh, before that I'm more of a fan of the covers that kind of interpret the story. that are more thematic than the ones that are just showing an action scene from the book, you know, with a new, fi- a new toy or whatever on it. Uh, so this cover is totally in my wheelhouse, and I'm thinking about it strong. is probably one of my favorite covers of the entire run. Each little thing on the cover, uh, each little clue gets an explanation on the inside. So the entire interior story is pretty much represented there on the, on the cover, on this one illustration. And, you know, I have to say, given the time, which is 35 years ago, I can't believe, but yes, it's true, 35 years ago. Um, I think quite bold for a comic cover back then to even mention the Vietnam War. Um, you know, which we'll get into a bit more into the uh, story, but uh, which is uh, quite daring, I'd say, especially given that what G.I. Joe, the comic, was supposed to be, which is essentially something to support the toy line. So they were taking some big, bold steps in this book at the time, and it kind of reflects that on the cover. But for me, this is an all-timer. I I love this cover.
1: Very good. I agree. And uh, let's move on to Kevin. What are your thoughts on this one?
5: One of the most iconic covers of all of G.I. Joe, if you ask me. I remember seeing this for the first time at, um, I think it was my local comic book shop, not the Spinner, at my Seven Eleven, And I was like, yes, Snake Eyes. We're going to learn about Snake Eyes. And, uh, you know, when you're thumbing through G.I. Joe back issues and stuff, this is one of those... Covers that jumps out in front of every Joe fan. It's always the one that's among that elite group. That's always a little bit more expensive and is also more coveted. And it just pops too. And it showing you the dossier here. It just shows everything that um, it's going to be discussing in in the comic. In such a really cool way that kind of leaves stuff up in the air as well. If you don't not diving into it, yes, it's not action packed. It doesn't have an action scene or anything like that. But it uh, it leaves it, it makes you want to open up this comic and just dive right into it.
1: Very good. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll move on to Jared. Jared. Jared, what are your thoughts on on this cover? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if
0: you pay attention, I won't keep you more than 45 minutes or so.
1: Um,
0: First, let me answer a question that was asked earlier. I got my Arushikagi Ninja Patch, uh, I think it was four days in the military. It was weird, you only have to take a correspondence course for it. So, that was
4: odd.
0: Um, But let's get to the uh, cover itself. You guys have all said it. This is a very intriguing cover. It's very different. There's not many other covers in the line that are like this. As the son of an army man, it was super appealed to me because I'm looking at unit patches and decorations. And these are all things that I like to see my dad would give me his old unit patches or some of his spare decorations. And those were just so cool to me. So, yes, I think we've proven that as youngsters, when we were all young and this was new, this is a comic that was on the Spinner Rack or in your store just screaming to be read. We were all hungry for knowledge of Snake Eyes. And here it is finally. So I'm just reiterating what pretty much everyone else said.
1: So, Jared, real quick before we move on. There's that, that metal there in the middle of the page. Can you tell what that metal is for? Is that an oh, actual metal, or is that already... I,
0: I knew you were going to ask. I'm pretty sure that's an actual metal, but I'm not going to remember that. And I was trying to... And I'm not the world's best in army unit patches either, which is the, the one you see on the left with the yeah. sword.
1: Um... So much for military authenticity. Yeah, I should have just
0: made something up and you all would have believed. I had no choice but, to believe you. Um, okay. That might very well be a Silver Star. Can we get, can uh, which we get is, Jason what, on the phone? Yeah, Jason would get literally, literally know. Oh. Jason, when it comes to this kind of stuff, medals and unit patches, he is the man. <laughs> I think that might be a Silver Star, which is a very, very high-ranking medal. It's like, I think, one below the Medal of Honor. Wow. So I think that's what that is. I'm standing by Silver Star, but I'm prepared to be corrected in Facebook and Twitter comments.
1: So anyone listening, if you can correct Jared, please do.
0: Uh, it's not like I'm going to Google it now while you guys are talking.
1: <laughs> and uh, finally, Jonathan, what are your thoughts on this cover?
2: Oh, hey, what's up? I'm sorry. I thought I was here to do a Transformers versus G.I. Joe thing, so I didn't actually read this film now, so... Uh, oh, me, we'll a couple
1: minutes. Hold
2: on.
1: All right. Or we can just switch over to the GI Joe
2: versus Transformers now, whichever. I'm easy. I'm I'm keen on that. Which one of this is this the the cover with the silver star on it? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Verified by the way, I just looked it up and Jared did call it correct. Silver star. High five! Anyone want to high five me? Anyone? High five! Thank you. Thank you very much. Sorry, Jonathan. I know what I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. You.
2: That was awesome and great. Plus, you missed the joke of this one with the silver star. That was my way of verifying that thing going back to the last bit. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> so,
0: I got it. I, I was with you. Yeah. I right. was so excited. So,
2: <laughs> no, I I love this cover. I, I think this is my favorite GI Joe cover that doesn't have the word on maskings on it. It's, it and and it actually goes against the standard thing, which we which is always said about how. Which is, the, which is the one you would want on your wall. This is not necessarily a cover that I would want on my wall as a poster. There are, there are many other GI Joe covers that I would much rather have, but this one is such a great cover for reasons that were spoken about. Not only is it that, as you were saying about the, the hodgepodge, of everything and not being the action scene, but also that everything on here is a mystery coming at it, and it's all revealed throughout the course of this issue. You don't know what these things are until you read the issue, and then and know the significance of them. Except for the unit patch, I guess, is just a, a standard bit. But yes, right. it's a wonderful, wonderful cover.
1: And for my thoughts, I'm going to ape everything you guys have said. I have always thought this was a great cover. After hearing Darren speak, I've got to wonder is a great cover because. Like you said, I am a G.I. Joe fan. I'm a fan of Snake Eyes, so it makes you wonder. I wonder if you're not a G.I. Joe fan, if you don't care about Snake Eyes, if you don't know who Snake Eyes is, would you find this is a great cover? But since I I, I do love Snake Eyes and G.I. Joe, I don't care what they think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, this this is a great cover. Let's go get some ratings on this. Again, for those that may be joining us, we rate this on a one-to-five scale. One, completely horrible. Two, it's decent. Three, it's a pretty good cover. Four is damn, that's, that's really nice. And five, as uh, Jonathan said, we want to hang this on our wall. So let's, let me go through the list in order. We'll start with Brad. What would you give this on a scale of one to five?
2: On a scale of one to five, I would give this. I would give this five. Actually, I would give this five YoJo Colas, and for good measure, I'd throw in five grape sodas and a pack of. <laughs> Of uh, truck stop chocolate donuts as well. I think this is this is a, one of the my favorite covers of all time probably.
1: <laughs> and Hank, you made redeem yourself for your old Zarkan comments last episode, so, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Kevin. Have, what are you? They have load? truck stops in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, on a scale of one to five, Joe, Yo-Jo Colas. How many would you give this one?
5: Uh, okay, so I, I was on yojo.com looking at the different uh, versions of this. And, of course, they have uh, you know the first printing and the second printing and stuff. And But what I find interesting is that Darren and his fellow Canadians had to pay an extra 15 cents more for this when it originally came out. Oh, 15 great. cents more. Yeah.
4: yeah,
1: usually Darren and his friends up there do have to pay more for art, for comics. Yeah, but yeah, back then it was right. Canadian
2: currency in the <laughs> 80s. I, mean, I think they had that like <laughs> coming from their taps, hot and cold. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but I give this. Uh, I'm gonna give this uh, a four out of five. Yo, Yo-Jo Colas. It's. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm actually thinking like four and a half. Actually, it's not quite a five, but it's close. It's really
0: close. I'll accept that. Uh,
1: Jared, what would you give this one? I am.
0: On one hand, going aside with Jonathan Schaefer-Hames, it's not an action-y cover. But on the other hand, move over, Brad. This is a five cover. I'm sitting on the five bench with you, buddy. Yeah. Um, it's weird, yeah, though, because, I mean, Jonathan did make a great point. It's not very action-y. There's nothing exciting about it. Uh, but it's just it's so appealing with its layout, and hell mm-hmm. yeah, it hanging on my wall. So it, it's a five. Speaking of Jonathan, one to five Yo Jo
2: that's Yes. Kevin made the point about it being
0: less than actiony first.
2: I think it's important to point it out. See, I pay attention to shit. Oh,
0: man. Oh, oh, <laughs> man. Plus, plus oh. Kevin gets bitter about crap like that. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My um, bad. I'm sorry, everyone. This is going to
2: blow everybody's minds, but I'm going to sit with uh, Jared and our new Canadian friend and give it a five. It's, Woo! Yeah, it's, I like this one because I was I'm rating this even if you don't know who Snake Eyes is, but you just have the vague knowledge that this is just the G.I. Joe is something that has a whole bunch of uh, military people. And this is obviously going to tell you some secrets about it there. And the little clues they're giving us are interesting as hell. And I want to know what they are and then you get to. So a five it is.
1: So far so it's Brad, Kevin, and Jonathan given a five. Or no, Brad, Jared, and Jonathan gave it a five. Kevin will give it a four. Four and a half. Four and a half. And our Canadian friend, Darren. How many Ojo calls would you give this one? Haves. See how we find
3: it half. So. <laughs> uh, just being my first uh, time, I I was gonna give it a four. Yojo Colas just, uh, I agree that it's an iconic cover I recognize it definitely but uh, I just somehow falls short on my face so I went no with Four
1: problem. No problem four, is an acceptable cover for this no, I'll accept that one and finally my thought if you haven't guessed yet I'm going to join Team Cool Guys on the bench over there Yojo oh, oh. Yo, Colas yeah <laughs> yeah I <laughs> do <Yes, have any laughs> references to other shows on here oh yeah <laughs> So, yeah, this this was a great, as I think it was Jared said, I wouldn't mind actually having this one as a poster and hanging it on my wall. So, let's go get some thoughts on the actual issue. Spin my randomizer.
0: Never Um. lands on me. Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, let's get some thoughts on this one.
5: Well, this is it, man. This is, um, This starts opening up the mystery that is Snake Eyes, and uh, the history with other Joes as well. Uh, You get the introduction to the Hard and Soft Master, and uh, you also get the death of Hard Master as well. Uh, You get a great flashback to Vietnam. The scene that you see um, Snake Eyes is injured, and he shows up at the airport, and he's the only one there. No one shows up to get him. That's a tough scene to watch, but... The one panel that has stuck with me and is one of my favorite panels and is a great introduction into a character and the skills that this person has is the one with um, the soft master being robbed at at a store. And uh, I loved how he explains what he's doing as he's doing it to disarming this young boy. But what's interesting is I – had always wanted to try that and i remember in my <laughs> early 20s i bought a 9-11 nickel plated replica not a real one but a replica and i tried that trick and it freaking worked Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> i was not as fast as he was well panel, practice but i thought it was the coolest thing ever and uh there's almost all semiotic uh, like non-revolver weapons, if you push up on the barrel, it pushes the slide back and it makes you unable to fire it, uh, which is one of the tricks that uh, I guess some people use in disarming. But I just I love that panel. That's one of my favorite panels.
1: I'll uh, interrupt you real quick because that's what I do. I, I was curious if that actually would work or not because, so, again, I'm not a gun guy, so I'm glad to hear that you actually tried it and it actually does work. That's, that's yes, really cool. it does. Yes, it and does. I figured it would because, as we've talked about before, Larry – was military. He was, you know, he knew his stuff, so... But yes. To, get, that, to talk to somebody that's actually done it.
5: Yeah. Uh, and I just like how you get the history of uh, the tattoo, and I love the fact that this uh, this issue ends with the one thing that scared us the most when we were kids. <laughs> not Bigfoot, not the Yeti, but Quicksand.
0: Freaking uh, Quicksand. From Quicksand.
1: All fishing growing up, I thought quicksand was going to be a bigger part of my life. Go no junkyard! They
2: uh, <laughs> everywhere in the '80s. I mean, the Duke boys were constantly getting caught in it. Uh, I, mean, I really Everybody thought it was, was far more.
1: Did you really any thoughts on this, Kevin? Before I move on. Oh, I got a few more, but I'll save them for later. But okay. uh, that,
5: those are my first initial thoughts. I love this issue.
1: And let's go ahead and move on to our artist of the group, John. I mean, uh, Jared. Jared. What? What <laughs>
0: Uh, step one: Get your bleep machine ready because fuck you quicksand. All right. But aside from that, um, the one thing that I don't do when I read comic books—I just don't believe in it—is I don't read flashbacks. So this was a fast read
3: for me.
1: <laughs> okay, so John, what you are your you? on this? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a joke maker.
0: All right. I I know we got a lot of guys with a lot of things to say, so I'll take a page from Kevin's book and keep it brief. Honestly, let's just be happy that nobody shot that dog. Okay, that came out all right. We were all worried about that dog as well. We should be. And luckily, Destro is a stand up guy. All right. So let's give it up for Destro. Love the scene where Softmaster teaches the kid the life lesson. And you can see he's taught about 50 kids. Uh, Kevin already mentioned that. (laughs) And just the absolute immature part of me, which is the most part, always giggles about hard and soft master, and I will leave it at that and pass it on to someone who might have something of substance to say. Also, fuck you, quicksand. All right, come out.
1: And Jonathan,
2: oh, I got to figure out. Oh, just to start with, I love this issue. I mean, you can't not love this issue. It's it's a great. Comic book issue. It is such a Marvel comic book. This could have been a Wolverine or Daredevil story, in some way. Uh, but what I also love about it is it's bookended by this, you know, the the current story with the Joes and the swamp that could have come right out of the cartoon. It's mm-hmm. just, it's it's silly. It's 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 played for laughs. It's all this. Oh no, my dog, my loyal dog. He's going all evil now. What will
4: we do? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And then in the midst of that is this deathly, serious, amazingly rendered story, which I just love about it. It it really just illustrates the level of sophistication that was coming to this title at about this point that would last for quite some time. I have more stuff to say, but I'm going to save it for later because it's just all goofy, silly stuff. And I don't want it to step on my own
0: poignancy. So. <laughs> Do you have thoughts on quicksand or no? It's... The,
2: And that's all I have to say about that. Oh. <laughs> I just remember quicksand from the Dukes of hazard episode once where it was, it was Roscoe going, That's
1: quicksand that goes all the way to China. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, do you have any thoughts on this issue? Okay. I,
3: I made a lot of notes, but I'll just try and go over like uh, what I like. And just like how Destro was kind of sensitive and petting the dog and Zartan kind of showed he was uh, cold hearted saying he'd uh, put the dog out of its misery with a a shot to its head. And then kind of to verify that on the side of the swamp house was uh, like what looked like a dog shaped pelt or something. So I thought that was pretty funny.
2: (laughs) I have read this a hundred times and I did not notice that until just now. So,
3: kudos to you. (laughs) I like, like, with uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, Temple sort of training, uh, how Snake Eyes was kind of outperforming, and Storm Shadow was jealous, and when he actually did kill the the, uh, Hard Master, the Hard Master said, do not punish him for his role. it will be hard enough, I guess, uh, he, he must live with the truth to find the truth, so... I liked how that kind of played out. It told us how how that started out, the animosity between uh, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. I just wondered uh, why they made the Joes seem so clumsy and kind of inept, like Junkyard wasn't listening and Matt was whining about uh, Junkyard not not listening and then Tripwire was tripping. And then uh, just how they had uh, Wild Weasel and Firefly tied up and they uh, got away, so... I just wondered if the GI Joe were supposed to be elite, I mean, it kind of seems a bit clumsy.
1: In their defense, as we'll find out later, Firefly is a top-notch ninja, so that's spoilers for future.
3: <laughs> that's basically what I had. <laughs>
1: Brad, do you have any thoughts on this?
2: About quicksand, I'm terrified of quicksand.
1: Well, you should be. That stuff's terrifying. Yeah,
2: but you know, thanks to '80s movies and TV, I thought that quicksand and uh, shark attack. We're going to be uh, greater threats to my uh, existence than you know <laughs> than everything else. Well, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it when we talked about the cover. I'm going to be brief too because I think we're all on the same page with this one. But when I mentioned it more we time about the cover, that it was a pretty big deal to bring Vietnam, the Vietnam War into comics, uh, especially GI Joe. I mean, it was always kind of there in the background because it was a book about a military team, but up until this issue, it was. It felt very much an alternate universe, I guess. Uh, by making Stalker and Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow uh, Vietnam vets, it kind of grounded the story, maybe at the expense of some of the more fantastical elements. Uh, <coughs> Zartan. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and, you know, frankly, you know, my, my first real exposure to Vietnam, uh, you know, more was really through media of the 80s. It was the team uh, I think they mentioned Magnum PI a bunch of times, of course there was Rambo and there was GI Joe, and to have the Vietnam War referenced in a comic that's really there to kind of support a toy line, I really can't believe they got away with it. I'm amazed that uh, they let the joke comic go in go in this direction. And you know, that was kind of how a lot of us 80s kids learned about the world and learn about history was just through the things we were watching on TV because it was still fresh and the wounds were still fresh at the time that people didn't really want to talk about it all that much. But it's also very 80s with the whole ninja aspect. Uh, you know, With home video, we're all watching Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and Chuck Norris and Andrew the Ninja on VHS, or if you're our family, Betamax. Uh, but, Fancy! Yeah, nin- ninjas were, were cool and they were in. And I remember one kid at school getting... Detention for bringing in some homemade nunchucks. You know, they were that popular. So, you know, that was, you know, it was that they were everywhere. And they were here to stay with uh, G.I. Joe. And, and that's just kind of the big issue stuff with it. Um, you know, we've already touched on it on a story level. Uh, this is obviously one of the best. Um, in that maybe not a lot happens on an action level to move the overall story forward. It's really packed with action between the sequences in Vietnam and the sequences at the, uh, at the, at the, at the Ninja Temple. Um, I, too, love the intro to the soft master in Spanish Harlem and how he disarms the kid. When I used to live in New York City, uh, we would make occasional trips to Spanish Harlem. And, you know, 30-odd years later, I always think to myself, uh, you know, Spanish Harlem is where the soft master had his his little bodega. So uh, I I did not go into any of the bodegas and and try to rob them to see if anything were made in the same way. Um, (laughs) uh, Because, you know, by that point, I knew that uh, the real threats were not, in fact, quicksand and... and, uh, sharks. It was, Don't
0: turn your back on <laughs> quicksand, dude. Damn. <laughs> um, and no, it's,
2: it's, I, I just want to add that the art is amazing too. That Larry did the breakdowns and they did the finishes and it really shows here. Uh, we won't go too far into it, but you know, kind of maybe at the expense of the next issue where he didn't do the art for. Um, but the non-flashbacks were really well done. There's the detail on the Huey landing and kicking up the smoke and just the way he uses the, uh, his, his panels to, uh, tell the story you have like some motifs both when the uh when the soft master is disarming the kid it's just, it's just a grid of panels one after the other almost like if you're thinking of a movie camera it was just framing one shot and the actions continuous. and it happens again with uh when snake eyes and uh, storm shadow are dueling and the soft master and Hard master are discussing it as well so it's uh you can kind of tell that larry had this story in his in his head for a while and he kind of knew how he wanted to have it uh, play out. So it obviously meant a lot to him that he had the time or made the time to kind of you know, sketch all that beforehand. So that's all I have to add right now. I know we'll come back
1: to some other things, but,
2: uh, yeah, it's a great
1: one. Before I give my thoughts, quick question, Brad. Are you the one that had brought the checks to school? Uh, no, Were you no. Heavily? <laughs> no, no,
2: no. Not, 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 that was not me. I, I, I claim no responsibility for that. <laughs> or or for getting the person who brought it into the trouble. I'm not going to... Uh,
1: so my thoughts. I'm going to start off with a negative, uh, sort of. There on that first page, Zartan in the shadows looks a little odd, his face. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks, mm-hmm. looks a little flat or something. I'm surprised they didn't fix it in
2: the digital version. They, they quite often do. I've noticed, like, in the Transformers comics, especially, that, they try to was, fix. But
5: that was his natural camouflage. He was just changing colors.
2: He was blending. You left the action figure out in the sun a little bit. Yeah, that's
1: mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if that was that, or just his face looks kind of looks odd the way it's colored. I mean, and I thought maybe just me, because, again, I'm not an artist like some people in the show. Uh, but uh, I think another... Again, not necessarily negative, but not great. It is that the whole present-day stuff with the Joes in the swamps? It ties it into the previous issue, but I mean, this issue could survive without that that whole swamp scene.
5: Uh, and again, it's not but bad. We would, it's just... we would have to wait like three more episodes to find out what happens
1: to the dog. Yeah, well, that, that's the only thing right. about that we get to find out. You know, that Met did not get or Junkyard did not get shot. So. But then that, yeah, like I say, as I think everyone's mentioned, Softmaster taking the gun from the kid. I just love the way that is drawn out, like I think uh, Kevin said, the way they just, you know, each scene, you know, I do this and I do this and I do this. Oh, here's 50 bucks for it. And he's in a box. Like, you're, like 50 other kids have been in or problems. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then when they're talking in that same area where Softmaster's saying, you know, you take away the guns, but mankind's still going to find a way to kill each other. It's a very valid point. Whenever it comes about gun control, you know, we need to outlaw guns. We need to get rid of guns. Well, you can take away guns, but mankind overall is kind of crappy each other. We're gonna If we want to kill someone, we're going to find a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next note I have here is poor Snake ice. He gets injured in Vietnam. And again, as we all know, Vietnam wasn't the most popular war out there. Comes home to find out his family's dead. And, you know, by a drunk driver. And for those that are listening, pay attention to this. This will come back later on the series. Uh, and I do like how, when they were telling about, you know, the whole, uh, Ninja Temple stuff, the, they kind of set Storm Shadow up and, and sh- showed all these different things to point the finger at him as being the bad guy. I, I do like the way they, they kind of set him up there. And I do like, uh, we mentioned how, you know, Mutt Yard, or how Mutt thinks Junkyards turned on him but actually he was just leading the covers to the quicksand because, again, he would, the dog was able to jump over the quicksand. The humans, uh, they're not so bright. Let's go ahead and jump into it. That would make a, good
5: man, make a good band name. Quicksand
1: Junkyard.
0: I like it. I like it. Yeah, I play keyboards for Quicksand Junkyard. Yeah, that sounds good.
1: <laughs> Are they going to open up for Cold Slither?
5: Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, doesn't the uh, death of the Hardmaster kind of, Come back.
4: To
1: be kind of important too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff in this that comes back later on. Yeah, this issue is not a standalone. Even it's two issue arc that goes beyond just the two issues. Yeah, wasn't the and, uh, real assassin
5: like Hector Ramirez or something like that?
1: We'll oh, uh, get that later. Shh. Spoilers. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no. Like you guys have all said this is a great, great issue. Larry did a fantastic job on both the art and the the writing on it. Yeah, it does set up that rivalry between the shows why there's that that issue between Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. And I'll make some more comments comments on that later on next issue, probably. But yeah, that was a a great issue. Um, Let's go ahead and, at this point, move on to my new segment I have. We started last month. So for those that are just joining in, I'm asking each of the Joes to name a character, either Joe or Cobra, someone out of the book that they, they think did the best job or was the most important to the story or just did something exceptional for them. Um, let's go ahead and start Find my list again. Let's go ahead and do reverse order. So let's go ahead and start with our guests. Darren, do you have a real American hero for this issue?
3: Yeah, I was. I'm pretty sure they're here. Uh, I'll go with uh, Torpedo. because that my we Got the name right. <laughs> okay. And when they're in the swamps there, just because he was the uh, first uh, G.I. Joe figure I ever had. And he, he seems to be kind of in charge of the, uh, the three of them like <laughs> Tripwire and uh, Junk. Okay, very good.
1: And Jonathan, do you have your. More than meets the mean, real American hero? <laughs> um, well,
2: quite obviously, it's the National Rifle Association who are managing to get their uh, little, <laughs> the, the soft masters. <laughs> little, and this is why we can't legislate against guns, <laughs> which is, which actually, you know, whether or not I, I agree with that the thing, I have no problem with Larry Hama throwing his, Political, you know, politics in there in that way because it's a compelling enough argument. That said, I'm gonna make fun of it later. But uh, no, my real answer is Storm Shadow slash Tommy. He goes into an entire like hot hot situation, kills a bunch of people on the way, and then later saves Snake Snake Eyes. And if he hadn't done that, we wouldn't have Snake Eyes, and he's everybody's favorite.
1: Yep, very good. Storm Shadow it is. And Jared. Do you have a real, American, a real American
0: hero? I do, and I'm going to do something I don't normally do on the show. I'm actually going to get very serious and kind of be a bit of a downer. Uh, so I promise to finish it with uh, a D's nuts joke to bring it back. in. All and right. right,
1: and moving on, on Kevin.
0: Oh. Uh, <laughs> but no, for real, my real American hero is Hawk. Having had been a military officer and having had to tell soldiers news like that is about the hardest thing a human being can do. Awesome. And to show that in the comic book and to show how Hawk handled it, it was very touching to me. So, Hawk's my real American hero.
1: These nuts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Good choice.
1: Uh, good one. Uh, Kevin, follow that up. Well, my first,
5: my <laughs> first pick was, uh, um, was going to be Storm Shadow for the reason that he saved Snake Eyes. But more importantly, um, he shot a squirrel through a wall.
2: Yeah, I did <laughs> that, that's uh, that, uh, it's impressive. That's rolling a, a couple twenties right there.
5: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, that yeah, that poor squirrel too. But uh, you know, then I I would give it to uh, the Softmaster, obviously, for uh, you know just just being badass and disarming that kid and adding to his collection of guns and uh, stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I,
1: that would be my, my pick. And Brad, who's your real American hero for this issue?
2: Soft master, for, the, for reasons already stated. He diffused the situation, he disarmed uh, the, a robbery without hurting anybody, without harming anybody, and taught the kid a bit of a lesson, too. So that's, uh, that is that, that is some clever thinking on his part. But I guess when you were uh, running a bodega in Spanish Harlem in the 80s, <laughs> you amassed quite a collection <laughs> of uh,
1: disarmed. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah those, yeah, those were all very nice choices. <laughs> uh, my real American hero for this issue, I'm going to go for uh, Junkyard. Oh, sure. I mean, he, he, he didn't get shot. And while Mutt thought he was you know, leading the Cobras to them, he was actually leading to a pit of quicksand and captured the Cobras. Or at least if the issue ends, they're, they're stuck in the quicksand. So we'll see how that ends next month. But yeah, that, that's why I'm going to give it. The, I was going to go for Snake Eyes at first just because it's his, or, his story. But then the Soft Masters, there's a lot of great characters in this issue, but I finally decided on Junkyard. But they, they were all good choices. They were all, yeah, exceptional. It was a great book full of, it was hard to make a choice at first. It's almost break time, but before we go, any other thoughts on this issue? Brad, any other thoughts on this issue? I think that the whole issue
2: is um, a, a fine example of Larry kind of planting those plot seeds that wouldn't sprout for a time, like the murder of the hard master. He's, Larry says he never plans everything out, he just kind of goes with it, and I'm inclined to believe with him. Believe him, given the revelations about Zartan and F- Firefly and Cobra Commander that are to come. years later, you get the idea that he kind of planted those ideas or th- those possibilities in the story, but didn't really have an idea how it was going to play out. And you could argue how successful those reveals were down the line, but it's likely he just wanted to keep certain elements vague or uh, open so he could figure out some hook. Down the line, um, which is, I guess, kind of what J.J. Abrams is known for, which is kind of putting the mystery out there and hoping a few years down the line when you're facing cancellation, you can figure a way to to wrap that all up. And uh, the only other thing I wanted to add, and this is just specific to the issue, since now we've got some Transformers fans here, that uh, uh-huh. this issue this month saw the uh, debut of Transformers number one. Issue one of a four-issue limited series back then, so I just. Really I, thought it ne- I thought it was next. I thought it was next month. month. No, so it says bulletins. So I'm looking at the page. Here.
1: Ah, so type the box. And this is the checklist, and it said Transformers Rock. number one. Awesome. I wonder if I want to take a look. Give me just a second. Let me see. If there's a Transformers podcast out there somewhere. Nope. Don't see one. <laughs> no. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a great <laughs> idea, though. Hey uh Jonathan, do you know of a Transformers yep. podcast out there so people want to listen to it?
2: Uh, there might be one or two. I might <laughs> <be> later.
1: <laughs> okay, and let's go ahead and uh see all that silliness I forgot where I was at. Oh, so yeah, we got thoughts on that. So was there any other thoughts, Brad? No, that's it. I okay. got nothing else. And Kevin. Do you have any final thoughts on this issue?
5: Yes, I do. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to mention was uh, one of the things I always liked about the G.I. Joe comic was the realism on many of the weapons. Uh, and one of the scenes that I like that's kind of subtle is the, um, uh, the helicopter scene where Storm Shadow mm-hmm.
4: Uh, mm-hmm.
5: is rescuing Snake Eyes there. Uh, but what I love the scene is everyone that's in the helicopter is sticking their guns out, firing cover. And I love the fact that you get the pilot of the helicopter sticking his forty five out there. What I love about that scene is you see the forty five in mid-fire of the hmm. slide ejecting, and you see the, uh, oh, the shell coming out of it. And I always thought yeah. that was kind of a cool little realistic tell on this. Instead of just seeing a gun fire like that and not seeing the slide uh, go back like that, I always thought
0: that was kind of cool. Nice. Nice uh, catch, dude.
5: I did have a question. This has always been something that's kind of a big question in my head of if this this is a real technique and how is this working. And it's the uh, scene where the hard master is showing um, a young snake eyes um, when he's blindfolded. And it says, uh, until the fateful evening when he was teaching you the darkened room techniques, the form known as blind sword, the sword extended by the scabbard taps the target The touch is transmitted by the cord, and you see him blindfolded with the sword not completely out of the scabbard, and he has that tie that goes around the top of most scabbards, and he's biting on one end while it's still attached to the scabbard, and then it says the scabbard drops and the sword cuts. Is that based on something in reality? Because I always thought that was the weirdest thing. I never understood, but now it explains that damn thing That's always wrapped around that end of the scabbard into a little knot, which I always wondered what it was. So, um, if anyone can shed some light on that, I would be actually really uh, interested to know that.
1: So, Joe's out there listening. If you guys have any thought on that, well, apparently our panel has no help. The no three
0: way. day course I took by correspondence is just not, we didn't cover that. <laughs> <laughs> My ninja class was all
2: turtles
0: and avoiding the <laughs> There was ooze <laughs> everywhere.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's got a good point. I, I've never seen anything like that anywhere else, even in a ninja movie that I've come across. And I wonder where where he got this. That yeah, that's, that's wild.
1: So, well, if someone happens to meet Larry, and maybe a con or something, Jared. Uh, oh, but by the uh, way, real quick,
5: I, I think it's a tell real quick that when the hard master is killed that it actually wasn't Storm Shadow as we think because the uh the arrow stopped in the pole. It didn't go all the way through like he did kill the, uh-huh, <laughs> the
4: uh-huh.
5: Just saying that was a clue. It's a clue. That's, okay. oh, there you
2: go. I wonder if there's any other really good archers we'll meet or who's in this issue that might be the actual culprit
1: probably not it probably not, not, not. Not.
2: <laughs> might be it might be colored badly on the
4: first page
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, Jared do you have any other thoughts so I on this sand. issue?
0: Uh, I, <laughs> damn quicksand um, tip of the cap to Brad for, for bringing up the Vietnam War and it was a gutsy move which got me thinking the 80s was really the time of healing uh, for that war and a lot of that was done, no joke, and even though we can laugh, but a lot of that was done through Rambo movies, Chuck Norris movies of the time. And now this has opened my eyes because, you know, I've seen this a million times, so it doesn't affect me, but Brad really brought it up. I-, I honestly think Larry Hama and G.I. Joe Comics might have helped with the healing, and I think that's kind of amazing. So I, I just appreciate you bringing that up, Brad. It really got me thinking. <laughs>
1: oh, thank you. Yeah. Very good. And uh, Jonathan, any final thoughts on this issue? Uh, Just... A couple
2: back in the bodega of Softmaster has managed to uh, accumulate a rather large amount of firearms off of the general populace. Don't you think word would have gotten around by then at some point? It was like, don't rob that guy. He's just, I mean, or maybe, or he gives you money, I guess. Yeah, so it's
0: it's like, like hey, $50. <laughs> I was going to say, some
1: people make that take out as a challenge. You know, on the hood street. I need oh, no, 50 no, bucks. Like blind guy. So he's no, really re-
0: actually doing his part for gun control. He's like, there you go. <laughs> he's but you know was- he's really on the fence there. <laughs> right.
2: That was always my my joke thing when I read it through this time and caught the uh, gun control thing or the anti gun control thing. And then when we come to cut back to him in my head, he was just finishing. And that's another reason why we all must be on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. uh, uh, that's we- about all. Uh, that's, I really I like this one a lot. I like the next one a little better, but maybe I'll be on and tell you why then.
1: Hey, he's probably just saving those guns up for when they, the government does the, the money for gun things, whatever it is. And he buys exactly. <laughs> exactly. He gets $50 <laughs> bucks for a gun, he gets 7500 bucks for each gun. <laughs> Plus, Snake Eyes can't talk. We don't know. He could be
0: responding with,
2: <laughs> no, we can't have these people having Uzis. I know what an Uzi can do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Actually, Sawfester and Snake guys run a whole black market ops thing. And it's, it's really shady as hell. <laughs> oh, 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 one more thing
2: though. My, my favorite panel of this entire thing is the. Of course, we were, of course, all ninjas. We're, <laughs> they <come from> the <laughs> ninjas. And then ninjas from everywhere. Two the panels go up. Two from below. Everybody from the background. Did you say ninjas? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> leaving. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that wasn't easy. <laughs> uh, Darren, do you have any final thoughts on this issue? Anything that's been
3: said yet? Uh, just uh, maybe I said wetsuit earlier. I meant torpedo. I'm bad. <laughs> so, but, uh, anyways, I really enjoyed the comic here. I, I look forward to like the next in the story arc. I like uh, how Stalker and uh, uh, Snake Guys have quite a history when I didn't realize that beforehand. But. Uh, short and simple that's about it
1: very good and like I said not much for me to say you guys have about covered the whole gambit it was a great issue like I said great artwork by Larry like I said yeah as some of you guys have mentioned yeah it brought Vietnam into focus for, for the younger audience I mean they had Rambo and also sure when Rambo came off, out off hand can't remember offhand, but between Rambo and. Let's say the first know. one
0: was 82, and the second one was like 86 ish or something so like that. The
1: first one may have came out right before this came out then. But yeah, so this was in the forefront for bringing Vietnam and bringing it, you know, because again, as I said earlier, Vietnam wasn't the most popular war we fought. So, to and as you guys have said, you know, the healing kind of began with these kind of stories. So, and Glary just did a fantastic job. Well, as we say, Every episode about Larry. <laughs> uh,
2: Jared, Jared, I got to have a long conversation with you sometime about what you were just saying about how um, just the healing process of the Vietnam War through media, because I think that could be a discussion of a later show somewhere.
3: Like, I have to
0: be serious for an, uh, an extended amount of time? Not necessarily. Good Morning okay. Vietnam
2: managed to be uh, half go. the time and still made the point.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right.
2: You're right
1: about that? <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and uh, refill our Joe Colas, and we'll be right
6: back. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. John Jones of Mars. Kat of Gorgar. Ronnie Raymond of Earth. Al Brett of Earth. i Curry
4: so gone. Kendra Saunders.
7: Ago, a crashing wave of light erupted across the DC universe. A multicolored spectrum of energy bathed the cosmos in a war of light. Rage clashed against passion, hope sought to stifle fear, greed to choke out compassion, and in the middle of it all, the will to keep going and fight for all. Now, this war has come to the surface of our planet because while the light fights, The darkness rises. Hero. Villain. Friend. Foe. Family. Across the universe, the dead have risen. And it's going to take every available podcaster to fight back. In 2016, we covered the dawn of the Justice League with Justice League Year One. In 2017, we soaked in the seminal justice. Last year, we threw it back to the Silver Age. But this year's JLMA podcast event covers an event that knows not the boundaries of death itself. J.L. May covers Blackest Night in celebration of the event's 10-year anniversary. Our coverage begins on April 30th with the podcast of Oa and proceeds through the entire month of May with Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, The Idol Head of Diablo, The Fire and Water Podcast, Head Speaks, Coffee and Comics Podcast, Longbox Crusade, waiting for doom task force x the starman manhunter adventure hour the dr dc podcast the birds of prey podcast justice's first dawn and ends with the lantern cast so join us this may because across the dc universe the dead have risen where will you be
6: Hi, john hi maggie i'm still wrapping my brain around the fact that we're married
7: <laughs> me too
6: but i wouldn't have it any other way oh well hey i was looking at these old comics and i noticed that there's a that thought why don't we talk about it on our podcast we have a
2: podcast
6: it seems like the logical next step we get married we change our names we combine our comic collections we start a podcast about comic books
2: well, I can't fault your logic, but there are plenty of podcasts out there already. Do you really think we'll have anything new and interesting to say?
6: Oh, I think we'll manage. Welcome to the Married with Comics podcast, where we constantly f- up. <laughs> it goes from Marvel Girl
5: to Phoenix to Marvel Girl to Jean Grey to Phoenix
2: to Dead. Um,
6: <laughs> And then apparently he's so consumed with his own thoughts that he runs right past three monkeys. <laughs> <In that laughs> way, a brainwave camera took a picture of that guy's head.
2: <laughs> a brainwave camera.
6: Oh, and Ben's just basically, whatever
1: you got to do to stop the commies, Nick.
7: So join us at the Married with Comics podcast,
5: where two newlyweds with a love for comics intelligently, critically, and thoughtfully discuss comic books.
6: Also listen as we goof around, make jokes and make fun of John for mispronouncing names.
5: I do that a lot.
6: Sometimes we'll pick a topic and review and discuss comics that relate to the topic.
5: And sometimes we'll pick up a comic and see what discussion topics come up. Sometimes we'll spend an entire episode talking about how much Maggie loves Batman.
6: The only thing that's almost as strong as my love for you is my love for Batman.
2: The Married with Comics Podcast. Available directly on our site at marriedwcomics.lipson.com, on iTunes, and wherever good podcasts are found.
7: Also, check us out at Facebook at the Married with Comics Podcast.
6: We've got everything you need. a
7: tall chai and a large black coffee
6: and i suppose you're here with no agenda as per usual on the contrary i'm here for comics i think i can help all of you hello i'm the caffeinated clinton Robinson, and i host a podcast called coffee and comics on this podcast i summarize review and discuss comic book issues stories and related media usually in the span of time it takes to have a cup of coffee Sometimes I'm joined by a guest, and sometimes I'm flying solo. So pour the coffee, take a sip, and turn up the volume as you listen to the Coffee and Comics Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and directly on coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com. And remember, this is where the comics are never too old, and the coffee is never too cold.
1: Welcome back from the break. Hope you guys check out those shows I played promos for. And let's go move on to G.I. Joe, the cartoon. Yo, Joe! He'll fight for freedom
2: wherever there's trouble.
6: G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Hero. G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the enemy. To save the day, he never gives up. He's
1: always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring, highly trained special mission force. Its purpose: to defend human freedom against
6: Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the
1: world. This episode was called 20 Questions, written by a friend of the show, Buzz Dixon. It's not the first one he worked on, but it's the first one he actually got credited for. The release date was October the 2nd of 1985. The synopsis... And I tried to make it shorter than last month. Hector Ramirez with 20 questions is investigating G.I. Joe for wasting government resources and money. Shipwreck shows Ramirez and his group around while they're waiting on Duke to return. One of Ramirez's men, Arnold, goads shipwreck into talking to them, or taking them, where Cobra is attacking a Rocky Mountain chemical warfare base. Once there, the Dreadnoughts attack the helicopter with a missile, causing shipwreck to crash. When the Joes come looking for Shipwreck, Cobra Rattlers attack the rescue party. Shipwreck uses Cobra's own missiles to take out the Rattlers, but then he's captured by Brad's favorite character. Cobra Commander reveals his plan to find some explosive gas in the area to use against his enemies. Arnold is revealed to be the Baroness in disguise, who admits she she was trying to undermine G.I. Joe by feeding Ramirez false information. As the Commander is about to kill Shipwreck and his companions, Hector is able to stall him by asking him for an interview, of course. The Joes invade. And after a battle, and some laughing is released, the Joes win the day. So, a little quicker than last month. <laughs> get, quit laughing. Let's go get some thoughts on this one. I, I, I hear a, a paper rustling. Let me spin the randomizer. And anyone but Jared. No, let's go uh, start with Jared this time. Yes! <laughs> Jared, what are your thoughts on this episode? What?
0: Well, you may be happy to know that I don't have as many as usual. So we can do a half-timer. I'm like you. I took a cue from last episode. Okay, here we go. All right. So they called a ceasefire because there's civilians in the area, but they were very obviously training without lethal weapons. So I'm not sure why a ceasefire needs to be called. Uh, we all saw that Geraldo Rivera was there. But one the thing <laughs> that they had that did put me off a little bit is this always bugs me. They're like, is your commanding officer around? And Flint's like, no, nah, Duke's not here. <laughs> Flint outranks Duke. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. And where was he? Where was he? Where was he, Kevin? Where was Duke? We can only guess. He was uh, captured. Bingo. You had to be <laughs> captured. <laughs> okay, so partway through the show, <laughs> partway through the show, they violate a serious rule from Mystery Science Theater. The guys from Mystery Science Theater say, never show a more interesting movie during your movie. During this episode, they showed a Spider-Man cartoon, and I was like, I want to watch that Spider-Man cartoon. (laughs) Um, Somehow, uh, oh, no, this was good. Uh, When they were showing the training and their guys were going through the obstacle course, Wild Bill cheated and ran around that wall. I don't know if he spotted it. <laughs> he ran around the wall. Did not climb the wall. Cheater. Wild Bill. <laughs> this is my favorite. One of my favorite notes here. Shipwreck so easily dupes. I mean, they were so obviously like, <laughs> oh, I'll show you. I'll take you to the top secret lab. <laughs> yeah. All right, Shipwreck. Come on, man. Although I really liked when Shipwreck finally lost his ship. <laughs> And punched that quote unquote dude in the face. <laughs> in the helicopter. He straight up punched the dude in the face. Which by the way ended up not being a dude. But moving on. I love the way that CoverGirl yells, Rattlers! I'll do it again. <laughs> Rattlers! Yeah, yeah. So did my wife.
4: <laughs>
0: uh Shipwreck's victory dance was very off-putting. I like how Cobra got a hold of like a female radar from MASH making announcements in there, Like, that was good stuff. Uh, almost done here. Um, Arnold got a very, very nice looking figure once his mask came off. Like, his yeah, clothes, his <laughs> clothes <laughs> got much more important. Thing. And all through the episode, I was like, I hate this Arnold guy, but as soon as that mask came off, I was like, Arnold, all right. Yeah, I like Arnold. <laughs> and uh, my final note just says that Puma was kind of cool. We all know about the Puma and the tree. That Puma was cool. And that's it all i got is much i found this one to be more fun than last time but i'll let all the real comments be made by the other guests thank you aaron thanks for indulging me everyone that'll be all
3: Woo! <laughs> speaking of guests let's go hear from darren darren did you listen did you watch this episode i, I definitely watched it and i took a lot of notes it's just trying to pick like, which ones <laughs> just, I'm gonna
0: talk. just read them all that's what i do <laughs> uh, that's what jared normally does
3: <laughs> right so well, in the field training shipwreck was uh, i found him kind of reckless and jovial and uh the, then i have uh, that the, the live practice was stopped because the uh, film crew with uh, Hector Ramirez and uh, the cameraman and the mysterious mysterious guest but uh Hector basically seems like he's chasing Miami so uh then I, I just have uh, Shipwreck, uh, uh, they put him in charge of uh, babysitting the news team and uh, he's, he's kind of not having an easy time of it and he uh, wants to prove him like uh, G.I. Joe's doing something so he takes him out when he probably shouldn't have and I, I have that uh, Ace that narrowly catches him and uh, so he's on to them. But with Ace seeing him, uh, it kind of le- leads to like where he went for the rest of the team to uh, go and see this, but I guess just have a bunch of notes going on and on. But uh, I, I did enjoy the uh, episode. I the, uh, thought it was funny with the uh, laughing gas and whatnot. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, maybe I'll let some money people be cover it up. All
1: right. Well, let's go ahead and hear from Jonathan. John, what are your, what are your thoughts on this
3: Okay,
2: I just watched this one for the first time about uh, 15 minutes before we started here, so it's pretty fresh. I watched it with my wife, so as usual, she could make a bunch of really funny comments that I could then steal for my own.
1: So, <laughs> good, good. So So, so,
0: so
2: they are, that
1: you haven't her on this episode and not you. That, <laughs> generally that's always a good idea. <laughs>
2: But I'm I'm already feeling guilty enough by making the comment that I will tribute uh, the comments to her that are appropriate. But I got th- <laughs> I got three major things about here going on between collectively between the two of us. Number one, uh, Cover Girl's in this episode, which I love because Cover Girl is uh, my fave. She has been my favorite GI Joe since I was a kid. I loved the idea of a model that drives a tank.
4: Mm. Mm, and, she's, yep, and, she's,
2: yep. and she's generally shown pretty, done pretty well in the comic book, so it was nice hot. to see her. That too.
4: Redless! Okay, Redless! <laughs> <Brothers. laughs> hot!
2: Uh, so, um, but uh, speaking of my wife watching, speaking of hot, my wife uh, was watching the show. And she's not a G.I. Joe fan generally, but watches these with me. And she she made the comment, of, so Yo-Joe's just kind of like something they say um, when they can't think of anything else to say that. It's a battle cry or uh hey, I'm down here on the ground, you helicopters, or or uh, <laughs> that sort of
0: thing. Yo-Joe. Yo Yo-Joe. Yeah. Yo-Joe. Oh. It's, it's like, till all are
2: one. <Joe>. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand Shipwreck greatest G.I. Joe ever I mean despite the fact that he's easily hoodwinked as you said as Jared said by fake Geraldo Uh <laughs> But the man is um, skilled to pilot a helicopter better than <laughs> when well, he's walking. And the actual pilot and the parachute guy show up and say, "Hey, dude, you need a co-pilot? You know, it, it's a it's a thing. It requires a co-pilot. You want one? No, we're good. Just meeting these journalists. They're gonna take <laughs> off. Me, the um, I mean, the Navy guy.
0: Oh, did you fly in the Navy? No,
2: but I'm
1: good." <laughs> I own a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I give me reason. <laughs> How
2: was Polly in this? So Polly and Freedom could have like a giant uh, fight is what I would Nice. wanted. Uh, but And the, the final one was... Do you think that Cobra sits around waiting when Cobra commander is explaining what their new plan's going to be and are sitting there. It's like, please don't make this be an anagram of, or (laughs) Cobra somehow. Is that all son of a, (laughs) but still you got to hand it to them. They managed to do this. What was it? The committee of what was the fake, like liberal peacenik organization that they were making fun of in the It's it, it spelled Cobra. Committee of. Uh, let's pause. Head.
0: Somebody looked it up and handed it to me. So, uh, <laughs> I have failed you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you failed this city. No! No, 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 no!
2: It was the
0: committee.
1: Come in and talk about something else in uh, Vamp and I will.
0: Um, it's. I can start b boxing again if you want to do that. I'll find it.
1: I'll find it.
0: (laughs) See which one of us has higher shitty internet.
2: (laughs) Come on, 20 questions. GI Joe, Joepedia. And I have to hand it to my lovely wife, too. While she's watching that, she's like, Can video
3: a cobra? Okay. (laughs) I don't even think I picked up on that.
4: Yeah, I don't oh, think you did that. Oh no! no. Well, and I so going
2: it sounds so really smart when we start works. this
1: over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, obvious to
1: everybody. Oh goodness! Committee of Basic Reductions in Armies. There you go. Uh, there it is. Right, the Committee of what? Committee of Basic Reductions in Armies. <laughs> All right. Bria.
7: Oh, it was Cobria.
0: That's
6: why so I got you
7: confused.
0: Gotta,
2: so you got to hand it to Cobra Commander here he actually managed to get to develop this organization, get it to a situation or get it to a condition where it was enough to be um, noticed by Fake Twenty Twenty to get Fake Geraldo uh, involved in all of this to uh, put forward their master plan. Although it was kind of like underpants notes from that point, it was. <clears throat> but and then somehow Will steal the explosive gas and the dreadnoughts will be involved all right let's go Duh, Cobra!
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm on board i'm liking this
2: right but it's,
0: it's like the um it's like
2: the arbot corporation it's like it, they always figure it out <laughs> and uh one one last thing I think I had and then I will let the rest of you say smart things
1: which I can't smart things you're the one that caught the whole cobra anagram thing
2: (laughs) well uh, I know I think I might have used up all the brain power on that (laughs) oh I also oh my favorite bit uh, was Duke showing up after what like Jared was saying before they're asking where's your commanding officer blah 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 and then when he finally shows up it's like what's going on we're not sure <laughs> uh, shipwreck managed to just requisition a helicopter throw a bunch of civilians on it and take off without any clearance or orders and he seems to be gone and now captured alright well uh, Bird. I'm sure it'll turn out okay go uh, Joe, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love everything about this. This was a good one. I do I do one final thing again I keep saying. I do love that the mouthpiece that I said this before that the mouthpiece of uh, their the tongue in cheek attack on on any sort of Dove mentality of peace, Nick was Geraldo Rivera, or fake Geraldo Rivera, who now sits on Fox News, but at the time was looked at as the bastion of liberal thought. So, the times, they are a-changin', as the man says. Moving on to other people.
1: Okay, Brad, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I don't have
2: a lot to say about this episode because I pulled my groin on the tonal shift between issue 26, which is... Vietnam and its car accidents and its quicksand. You know, Twenty questions. Um, but yeah, I I kind of like this one actually. Uh, yes, it's goofy, as are all episodes of the GI Joe cartoon. The GI Joe cartoon is goofy. We've established that. But here, there's a little bit of meta-textual quality or commentary to it, which is what does the world at large think of the whole GI Joe versus? Cormor thing. You know, how aware of the conflict are they? And It would appear that they're much more aware of it on the cartoon than they are uh, in the comic. And yes, funding the Joe team has to be astronomical, even for military spending. Um, you know, the Eagle Chow and Wolf Chow and Parrot Chow and all that stuff has to ring up a little, a, a, little, a little bit of the budget.
4: You know,
2: that, there's no you know, set uniforms. It's just everybody gets to wear you know wherever the hell they want. You know, it's it's just, it's, it's just a really okay? And this is the questions that you would ask. Well, um, it, it's because they can look at how awesome they all are. They can all fly right. anything, you know. They can yeah, do well, what yeah, they need yeah. yeah. to do. They are yeah. worth every penny. Yeah, and I think and I think that's that's the argument they would use before the uh, you know the budget and services community. Um, but then we also don't know really where Cobra gets all the money for their stuff, uh, which I would assume would be Cobra Law. speaking of which, I, I, did anybody else find it funny that Shipwreck could just punch in some info on the computer and come up with a Cobra secret base just in there in the mountains? Like, if they knew it was there, why didn't they go blow the shit out of it and capture Cobra Commander and edit? It, you know? But it was like, oh, there it is. Let's, let's, let's go check it out. I'll prove it to you. You know, it, it, it kind of feels like the writer's are just sort of poking fun. At the absurdity of the show, and it was all in good fun, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a silly, strange episode, um, you know, when Cobra Commander talks about, you know, trying to stage a coup at his military uh, academy, I have to wonder if there was, like, a Cobra Law exchange program with this particular school <laughs> before he came up from the Secret <laughs> Underground Society, or whatever, but, uh, yeah, it's silly, it's a silly, it's a silly cartoon, it's a silly show, but it, Coming off of 26, it's a little bit of a palate cleanser because they can't all be serious.
1: Right. And uh, Kevin, do you any thoughts on this episode? Oh, yeah. I got a few here. Uh, first of
5: all, I like this episode because it's a, a, a shipwreck episode. And I've always – that's how I became a fan of shipwreck was more obviously through the cartoon series and the Pyramid of Darkness uh, um, miniseries that they had as well. And it was interesting to see him without his hat in a couple of the scenes, too, his sailor hat there. I also I thought it was funny when he gets uh, shot in the training sequence. He does his uh, little elaborate fake death scene and it's kind of over the top (laughs) of uh, of Paul Rubin's uh, uh, theatrical fake death scene in Buffy, (laughs) the Buffy movie. Uh, And um, okay, so Wild Weasel is um, stuck in a tree by an animal. With the puma. This happened in recent episode or issue, issue where he gets stuck up in a tree because of another animal. So he has a, uh, it's you a pattern. Can catch the
4: pattern here. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
5: I love that we had a freedom sighting, but I think that um, he had some laryngitis going on. I don't know what type of sound that was coming out of that bird. It was like a... <laughs>
0: I don't know. I, <laughs> I live for Kevin's freedom sounds on this
1: show. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason I come. <laughs> uh, had, it wasn't yeah. the injured freedom sound, of course.
5: And uh, you have to talk about Hector Ramirez, uh, which is a uh, uh, future goals for a possible cosplay for GI Joe. Ramirez is notable, notable for appearing in episodes of GI Joe: The Transformers. In that same episode, Diana of the October Guard makes a quick cameo. In Humanoids, where he played a major role several times, including getting turned into a 15-foot-tall living zombie, and Gem in the Holograms. Yes. Some viewers concluded that these places, this places all four shows in the same universe. Quotations. A position supported by series writer Buzz Dixon, who describes a character in the many faces of Hector Ramirez and adds that he came this close to working in My Little Pony. In
1: there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I talked, I talked to Buzz about that when I interviewed him here a while back. And the one uh, reporter
5: that had the Coke bottle glasses he always kept clutching. Some, that briefcase or whatever to his chest to his bosom <laughs>
0: yeah to his kept clutching the briefcase to his ample bosom yes yes
5: <laughs> so I'm so I'm sensing a pattern here with Wild Weasel and um, <laughs> I, I love this it was a good shipwreck episode really really good so yeah I, I actually enjoyed this episode quite a bit and uh, nice seeing the dreadnoughts in there as well and the baroness
1: and Arnold's actually huh. oh <laughs> Yeah, who knew? Hey, that was all you guys. My thoughts on this. Again, pretty much what you guys have said. I question a few things like they have a master of disguise on the team, and he's got a cloak over his head, and they send a woman disguised as a man <laughs> instead of the, the male master of disguise. Civil traits.
0: He's going with you know, a cloak I, and a stick for his costume. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the master disguise is a cloak and a stick, and they said the woman again. Baroness is a like slouch, but it seems to bit easier to disguise your guy a who man that is
2: did. The master disguise. <laughs> that the funny bit with that is while we were watching that we figured out pretty early on this person was Cobra, and uh, I I I pegged it as Baroness because holding. The briefcase up to, to cover the boobs. I did it as a joke, <laughs> turned out to be good. And uh, Maggie is Maggie insisted it was Cobra Commander who was gonna have a mask over over his Cobra <laughs> mask. You know, and pulled it off. <laughs> Either one of them would have been thematically appropriate for the show if <laughs> it <laughs> <Aha! Yeah.
1: laughs> oh. Well, I, I can't help but thank you, know, I say like not using Zartan for that. It reminds me of a Galaxy Quest. <laughs> when uh, the one uh, I got one job Sigourney Weaver's character yeah, I got I got one job on this let, let me do it, it do it computer can it be repaired damage to beryllium sphere irreparable Ugh. new source of beryllium must be secured
0: we need another one uh. you broke the ship you broke the bloody ship
7: yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> computer is there a, a replacement Beryllium sphere on board. Computer, is there a replacement beryllium sphere on board? Negative. Uh. No Uh. reserve beryllium sphere Uh. exists on board.
1: No, we have no extra beryllium sphere on board. You know, that is really getting annoying.
4: Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do
1: it, okay?
0: Sure, no problem.
1: (laughs) I say what
0: the computer says.
1: Yeah, i yeah, them not pick Zartan, but I, I think of that scene. I don't know, maybe just me, but...
0: Zartan, put on this cloak and take this stick out to the field.
1: <laughs> but wouldn't I be better suited as is, is person in disguise? No, take the cloak, take the stick, and go. Uh, another, another plot hole, I guess, or another issue I have with it, this is supposed to be a secret base. Why, you know, if... Baroness was trying to give false information to Hector Ramirez to discredit the Joes. Someone told the Zartan the Dreadnoughts system so they didn't shoot the helicopter down with the reporter in it. It seems that would have been a much better plan to, you know, make <laughs> Hector think that there is no Cobra if Cobra didn't shoot them of the sky. <laughs> Just my own thoughts. Yeah, I, I don't want to, you know... I, just, I love these great guys. How,
2: how the, the hell does anybody think that there isn't any cobra in this particular universe? In the other episode I was on, they stole all the oil. He went on TV. He told everybody Geraldo is the worst journalist of the world. I mean, he sounds like the kind of guy who would fall for a secret Al Capone vault or something. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I'm Geraldo Rivera, and you're about to witness a live television event. A massive concrete
0: vault has been discovered. Some think it belonged to none other than the notorious Al Capone. Well, tonight, for the first time, that vault is going to be open live. Now, what, if anything, that vault contains, we don't know. This is an adventure you and I are going to be taking together.
7: It seems... At least up to now that we've struck out with the bolt, I'm
1: disappointed about that, as I'm sure you are. I was gonna correct you, say you mean Hector, but no, yeah, you're right, Aldo. I see re ended up there. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, he said like uh, Jared has said a couple of times. Yeah, once you remove uh, Arnold's mask, he turns really hot. <laughs> mm-hmm, oh, yeah, it, it does. Uh, <laughs> I've got thoughts about Hector, about Arnold now that I should be having, but, you know. His clothes get really tight once that mask is on. Yeah, yeah. I was sitting there last Bare- night watching
2: this. Baroness's line over- was well delivered there too, where is like, You are the most, the stupidest male I have ever encountered. <laughs> just the, the scorn of the fact because she must have been spending probably, you know, must weeks at minimum with him. Yes.
4: <laughs> and
2: then she's finally able to just,
0: You! idiot <laughs> <laughs> you're the stupidest male i've ever met and i work with the dreadlocks so feel the bird dude
1: <laughs> and cobra commander <laughs> but see i worked last night i got home i watched uh on discovery family at two o'clock in the morning my time they show they show gi joe so i'm watching again i've got him on dvd but i'm watching it on tv when it's on tv I think I have an addiction. <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> I do the same I, thing with my like James
0: Bond movies, man.
1: <laughs> so yeah, they're they're showing the uh, it was episode four of the original miniseries that was on last night, Mass Device. And then when that got done I pet on this episode to rewatch it. So I had a full night of G. I. Joe. Plus I'm editing my notes for this episode. So I had a full night of G. I. Joe. YoJo. But you <laughs> But But yeah, it was it was Yes, there was bits that was a bit corny, that you know, like I had questions about uh, Master of Disguise, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> I, but yeah, no, it was it fit in with the cartoon, though. I mean, the cartoon usually is a little more silly, a little more, uh, less serious, if you will. We don't have the Vietnam War. We don't have, you know, a soldier gets home from the war and his whole family's dead in a car crashed by a drunk driver. <clears throat> we don't get serious things like that normally. So yeah, this is kind of... As Brad said, this is kind of the opposite end of the issue we read. We
2: do have wacky so, animal shenanigans in both, though.
1: Yes. Can't forget the wacky animal shenanigans. And you get freedom. Yep. And freedom.
4: <laughs> do you have
2: Freedom's a lawsuit? <laughs> Freedom's just another word for why the hell are you bringing your eagle on this mission? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> at least Paulie Paul wasn't on that mission.
1: <laughs> nice. Let's get some final thoughts on this episode, Brad. Any follow, final thou- follow-up thoughts on Twenty Questions?
2: My groin still hurts, but uh, yeah, it's 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 silly, but it's it's geeks. At least kind I can of a
1: walk it GFG. off. So,
2: they kind of acknowledge the silliness. so That's
1: okay. It's pretty good. Yeah, you put some ice on your grin and walk it off. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that from sports people. Um, <laughs> Kevin, do you have any final thoughts on 20 questions?
5: I just, I like that uh, uh, Hector Ramirez was uh, highlighted in this. And, you know, I mean, he, uh, I liked how he, he, you know, he's dives right into the type of person that he is. And uh, what was that one kind of shock? Guy, the shock uh, reporter, the other Downey guy, um, Morton
4: Downey, Robert Downey, Robert Downey. Yeah.
5: Yeah. kind of reminding me of that, that a so little wild. bit. I remember him in Predator Two. He was kind of like that type of reporter as well. And you know, he goes, "How do you answer the claims that Cobra is an elaborate hoax to milk the government of billions of dollars?" <laughs> and then. They- yeah. And then they have to remind, uh, Flint that, uh, Duke or it's Duke is, it this this, Hector Ramirez likes doing a hatchet job on the military. Is what Duke says, um, but yeah, I just, I like the fact that he's kind of been in all these universes, even though I don't like, I'm, I live in, I live in a universe where, uh, transformers and GI Joe do not meet. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, I think it's kind of interesting that they used his character more. And, uh, I, uh, I, this is just a fun episode. I, I liked it. I, like I said I'm a big shipwreck fan and, uh, I like how it ends in laughing gas.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: Jared, 20 questions. Any
0: final thoughts? Mm, I have uh, a healing balm here that if Brad wants me to rub on his groin. I can do that. <laughs> I got spare and time.
1: Jonathan, quickly moving on. But, Jonathan. Uh, yo, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared's rubbing balm on Brad's groin. I'm
0: just a giver. Um, <laughs>
1: I, I hear that about you. Jonathan, any final <laughs> thoughts? I can't say it. Any final he thoughts gives 20 questions and does not
2: receive. If I had them, <laughs> if I had them, they're gone now.
0: <laughs> I ruined it for everybody.
2: <laughs> nah, it was... This was fun. This is, uh... Just peak silly G.I. Joe. It's, it, it shows everything why we, why we love and why we are able to mock out of love. And it's, a, it is a great, as someone said, palette cleanser just for the other straight series. So this is on the other one just to show how, how all aspects of, of this, these characters and this, this universe that we love can be shown in all ways. So it's, it's it was kind of great to have this one mixed with the other one. Just a great little thing like that.
1: And you guys are all making you're making a terrible impression on our guests, but Darren, if you <laughs> ran away yet, do you have yeah. any final thoughts on the And 20 how 20 is it? your <laughs> groin? <laughs> <laughs> and Jared, we'll rub your groin if you need it. I don't, is. It's how you get soldier of the month. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. I mean a what? So I enjoyed
3: uh, the storyline with Hector Ramirez. I got a kick out of that rock boring machine, how it didn't have a roof, so it just, so missed it. it there. And then the uh, shipwreck, he was a bit of a he's a bit of a loose cannon, but it, in the end comes through for the team and he exposes the Cobra hideout, and saves the team by the end of it. And I think that's about all we got. I <laughs> think you, know, you guys
1: have covered pretty, we've covered it pretty well, so we're going to go and take another break. And we'll be right back with our final segments. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Hey, Jared,
0: I have a question.
1: What's up? Well,
2: I've been a part of the Longbox Crusade for about a year and a half now.
0: Yeah? Well, that's not a question, man.
2: I know. I'm getting to it. That was called Build Up. Like I was saying, I've been with the Longbox Crusade, and I have gone out and represented the show faithfully. That's still not a question. I'm still building up. I was wondering, could I be a part of the official promo? There's this great promo for the podcast that airs across podcast land, and it has Pat Sampson, the founder of the show, you, the art sell artist, and your brother, Jason, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. But it doesn't have me, <laughs> Delvin Williams. The Dark Web! Could you ask the guys if they would
0: let me be a part of the promotion, since you were the one who invited me onto the show? Well, not to be a Mr. Quick to correct, but that was at least two questions. Still, I guess I'll ask. Let me go talk to the guys, and you stay here.
6: Okay, great! Thanks, man!
0: Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? I have a question. Delvin's been with us for like a year and a half. That's not a question. Uh, Yeah, I know. It's called Build Up. Hey, can we finally include him on the promo? It's the least we can do. He doesn't know that we're getting paid yet. And he never will. I mean, do we need him? After all, we already have the Longbox Crusade.
1: And I provide awesome
0: synopsis and insight on Crusader Chronicles. And I host Saturday Matinee Theater and also provide these nuts jokes. Hey, I do that. Me too. So we're fine as it is. What does Delvin do? We should just let him go. Wait, he hosts Transformers Chronicles. You should know that, Pat. You're on that show. So what do you say? Can we keep him? Ah, fine, let's do it. Let's do it live. We could have done
6: this with him in the room. It would have made more sense. Why is he outside?
1: I think we were doing a bit. Okay, let's
0: do this. The Longbox Crusade Podcast Network is the place to be if you like deep dives in the comics of yesteryear with the Longbox Crusade. Chronological reading journals of Crusader Chronicles. Indexing forgotten TV shows, films, and serials with Saturday Matinee Theater. Pitting two randomly selected action films against one another in action film face off cataloging the Marvel run of the Transformers comic with Transformers Chronicles and whatever else the demented minds of Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin can come up with. If that sounds like it might be for you, be sure to subscribe to The Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much all reputable podcast feeds. Or check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com where we continue our quest to...
6: Hello Paul Hello I am Dr. herfish Come in t- come in please take a seat take a seat. What can I do for you today? Oh, I just i just I'm, I can't sleep I, I, I can't focus on anything. The only thing I can think about is like DC events. A DC event as in the comic books DC events Yes yes the comic book events. Oh, interesting. Uh, are we we talking things like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, yeah, totally. That one, yeah. Uh, infinite Crisis? Yeah, yeah, that one too. Oh, very, very... Invasion, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, uh, the Genesis? Uh, not so much. No? Okay, well, I think it's really good if you talk about the things that are troubling you in your life. So maybe you should do a podcast about this obsession. What, what, What do you call this obsession? What do you think it is? I think you're a unique case. I've not seen anything like this before in my office. I'm going to suggest that you have what we call DCOCD. What? DC OCD? You are obsessive and compulsive about your DC events. I think you should talk it out, get it out of your system via a podcast. I will help you, my friend. We shall do a podcast together about your DC OCD. Oh, okay. I won't even charge you for it. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I don't think I can claim you on (laughs) benefits. Yeah. Is good. <laughs> when shall we start? Um I'll get back to you on that. I'll check my I'll check my timetable. <laughs> cool.
7: To tell you the story of Green Lantern is to tell you the story of the birth of a universe. The origins of DC as a whole. It's a magic emerald meteor from space in the 1940s. It's the establishment of the JSA. It's the birth of the Silver Age. It's the introduction of a universal police force. It's the formation of the JLA. It's the emergence of the multiverse. It's a crisis in both space and time. It's an emerald dawn. And it's an emerald twilight. It's the brightest day. And the blackest night. And the Lantern cast covers all of this and everything in between. We're Green Lantern's greatest advocates and fiercest critics. We've been fans for years, and it's the reason we're self-proclaimed Lanternologists. So find us on iTunes and Stitcher and give us a listen. Because the history of Green Lantern really is the history of the DC Universe. And we've got the interviews, commentaries, reviews, and more to back it up.
1: And welcome back from the commercial break. While the guys are out getting their uh, breaks going on, get some Yojo Coles and all that good stuff, we're going to go over Postbox the Pit. We're going to start off the Twitter. So I'm just going to read off the list of people that's either liked or friended us or retweeted or anything on Twitter. I'm going to start off, with, and this is alphabetical list for the most part. I'm going to start off H O C O F. Then we're going to move on to Aaron Henley. Action Film Face Off. That's one of Jared's, uh, Twitters. Bats. Brothers Web. Uh, no relation to Brotherhead. <laughs> Our buddy, uh, Clinton Robinson over at Coffee and Comics. Darren Kohler, who's on this episode. Hey, Darren. Delvin, the Dark Web, aka Felix Lighter. Destiny Darcy. Edward Ritovin, Eric Don Delgado, European Joes, Green Lantern HG, Hey Green Lantern, Hobby Lighthouse, Homeschooled Film School, I Have a Nerdy Mind, Into the Weird, The Irredeemable Shag. Uh, the next one's probably better off not saying it all, but I'll say it anyways. Jared Albrick, The Yard cell Artist, Jeffrey Brown, Joyce Farmer, Kev Galiza, Kevin M. Reitzel, Christatos, Kyle Benning, an old friend of the show, The Longbox Crusade, Meredith Comics, and The Rod Pod with John and Maggie. Again, John was on this episode. Hey, John. Hey, Maggie. Matt Lipton, Michael Vegas, Milo Pantone, Nicole Phelps, Philip Barnes, Pulp Culture Avidata, Randy Andrews, Secret Wars of Beyond, Steven Chung, Tech for Tato. The File Card Podcast, Wedge Cap, and West Coast. And these are comments and things that was left on the Twitter. Uh, Aaron Henley let me know that episode two, he went back and was listening, and it was playing the second episode of the Bravo team instead of the G.I. Joe podcast. I'm not sure what happened there. I got mainframe on it, got it fixed. Uh, Green Lantern HG on our last episode said, Great episode, Joes. Solid four cover, but to me this is just a this is a five just because of at John Beatty Art worked on it. I know you covered standing in the skits, the skids, but this doesn't look right. I haven't done any helicopter jumping myself, but still. And FYI, that's why I don't work in movies. Jared might cut me off. Oh, Jared would do more than might cut you off. He definitely would. Uh, moving on, Brothers Webb. He asked, who remembers when G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra came out and there was a contest where you could make your own Joe action figure and could win it? The contest was called Join the Team. Can somebody give me a list of the winners? Um, I tried looking online and I couldn't find any reference to this other than uh, there was one website, I forget what it was now, it was a GI Joe website that referenced the contest, but I couldn't find anything else as far as actual contest or winners. I hope you found that answer there, Brothers Web. If you, if you did, let me know. Or if any of you guys out there know about the Rise of Cobra contest, uh, join the team. If you know anything about that, who the winners were, definitely let us know. Green Lantern HG said that Zartan better not touch that dog. <laughs> we found out this episode of What Happened, Green Lantern. Home film, school, home film School says, Now dude, there is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. It seems to be a major movement today, out of Hollywood, bigwigs have to be all about women and minorities, and alternate lifestyles people and their rights. But I find myself thinking a lot about growing up in the 80s, And watching GI Joe, watching different movies, and people of different minority groups or women take on traditional male roles was just a normal and perfectly acceptable thing. He also said, when I grew up in the 80s, anybody from anywhere taking on any dream they wanted to pursue in life was just fine and perfect. Go for it. Except for Star Wars, I did not realize until many years later that the Empire did not permit permit did not provide permit opportunities for women or men that don't have English accent or aliens. (laughs) <laughs> and actually, I think it was covered in some of the uh, the the uh, non continuity stuff. Now, the non canon stuff, the expanded universe. That's what I'm looking for. The non the expanded universe stuff that uh, Palpatine, the Emperor, did have a was a, had a very strict non alien policy going on. Uh, so again, I don't think it was ever said, but I think uh, I could also you know he also was very anti woman. But that's my own thoughts on it. Uh, Coffee and Comics, uh, regarding life, Lifeline wearing his glasses at night, uh, he said that he secretly got mutant powers like Cyclops, but G.I. Joe regulations forbid him from ever using them. Still got to keep those eyes covered, though. <laughs> that was funny. Um, and that came because I've been watching on uh, a channel here I got on my Direct TV or Xfinity, sorry, on my Xfinity, I've been watching GI Joe at two or two thirty in the morning on Discovery Family. It started off at two o'clock, then they moved it to two thirty. Some days they play two episodes, some days it's just one. But I've been watching GI Joe, and currently we're like at episode nineteen or twenty, I believe it was. When I started watching it, it was at the end of the Sunbow row run. Then they restarted it, and I've been watching it every night, and I've been making my you know tweeting my thoughts about it. And there's a lot of interaction. Green Lantern, HG, Clinton, uh, home, field, home, Film School, and a few others come in and join me every once in a while, and we have some action on there. So if you guys are up at 2, 2.30 a.m. Pacific Time, uh, jump on to Twitter. It's at G.I. Joe Headcast, and join in the conversation. We'd love to talk to you guys on there. But that's the Twitter and all that. Moving over to Facebook. Over on Facebook, I've talked about I started a G.I. Joe a Royal American Hero group instead of just my page if you guys haven't joined the group yet come on over I do more on there than I do on the old G.I. Joe page so definitely come over and join up glad to have you guys uh, but these are people that either commented or liked or re uh, shared shared our groups or messages or whatever again just a long list of names in alphabetical order I'm going to read them off uh, uh <clears throat> I'm going to try to read them off. <laughs> Alino Venn, Alex Button, Bill Burr, Bor- Jorn Koopman, sorry for missing your name, my buddy, uh, Brad Withers, Bradford William, Brent McMillan, Chris Gall, Christopher Luke, Clinton Robinson, Daniel Sanchez, Darren Collaire, hey Darren, David A. Pasquarella, David Medina, Delvin Williams, Derek William Crabb, Derek Max or Max Ted? Gene Hendricks, friend of the show. Uh, Gino Ames, Hal Jordan, Hoover Jeremiah, Ivan Chudley, J. David Weider, Jason Roy, Jehoa Costa. I'm sorry if I messed that name up. <laughs> I'm terrible at names. John S.G. Forbes, Jonathan Schaefer Hames. I've seen that guy somewhere recently or talked to him. Hmm. Joseph Hall, Ken Poe, Ken Tomlin, Kermit Ford, Kevin M. Reitzel. Hey, Kevin. M. Anthony Gerardo. Hey, Mag, what's going on, buddy? Matt, I'm sorry, Mark Storm, Marlon Welby, Meredith Comics, and The Rod Pod. Again, that's John and Maggie's uh, Facebook associate with their web, uh, podcast. Matt Anderson, Maurice Arvalo, Mike Horsley, Pat Sampson, Patrick Malham, Peter Horvath, Phil Saunders, Stephen McGregor, Strongford Sturm, The Long Box Crusade, Todd... Chris Isaac, Tom McLean, and Tom Paneris. Oh, and Vincent Miles. Uh, Thanks all you guys for liking and resharing and all our our G.I. Joe stuff. And for comments and things that was on the page, uh, Hal Jordan's been posting pictures of some of his action figures and vehicles and stuff he'd had in the past. Uh, Recently, I ordered some stuff off eBay. I've posted pictures of that. Well, first I showed pictures of the bag's as I, after I pulled him out of the box. And on that photo there, how Jordan posted, What did you get me? Don't tell me the plastic bags. I always get stuck with the plastic bags. And then Clinton popped off and said that he usually got the air out of the bags. Well, sadly, they both guessed what I was sending them. Hmm. Anyways, Ivan Chudley said, Great comic and show. Well done. I love listening about the Joes, and you all have some great opinions, even the Zartan hater. <laughs> They will laugh. Even the hater, keep up the good work. Five stars, please. Just finished reading issue eighty-four, and Storm Shadow said something to Jinx that I think sums up the story. It's pretty amazing how events seem to come full circle, isn't it? Very much so. And there was a couple comments from Joseph Hall and Hal Jordan, both enjoying hearing their names mentioned last episode. Well, if they love that, they're gonna love this. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. I enjoy hearing from you guys. Definitely keep up the comments. Uh, you guys are a great group of fans. Uh, maybe not the most vocal out there in the podcasting world, but you guys do a pretty darn good job, and I appreciate each and every one of you guys. You guys are all fantastic. But that's all I've got for the post box. The pit. I don't have any iTunes reviews. Uh, if you guys, or I'm sorry, Apple Podcast reviews. If you guys have not done so, go out to Apple Podcast, leave me a review. I'd love to hear from you. Leave me a rating. I would love to have a five star rating, but I'll accept anything you guys want to give me. I um, won't we'll accept any creative criticism. Let me know what you guys think about the show and my guests and everything else. I love hearing from people. But I guess that's enough about that. And I think I hear the guys coming back now. So let's go ahead and get back and bring the guys back in. And we'll continue on with the show. So let's go ahead and move on to the Soldier of the Month. Again, the Soldier of the Month is something I pick that I, I felt did a great job for the show or for G.I. Joe. Something that impressed me. Uh, and the winner for this month he should have probably been the first winner, but I came for another idea, and I eventually was getting forward this one last month, but since this is issue 26, I decided to wait and give it to him this month. This month, the, the soldier of the month is Larry Hama himself. Oh, this is crap! <laughs> no you shut up, Jerry. No. <laughs> needs no explanation. He created G.I. Joe. He wrote and drew this issue. Larry Hama, I say he's just a great creator, I follow him on Facebook. He's a great guy. I enjoy reading his stories. He's done over besides G.I. Joe, but that's what I'm focusing on is G.I. Joe. So, Larry Hama, you are the Soldier of the Month. To our Soldier of the Month, us here at the G.I. Joe, Royal American Edcast team, we salute you. Good guy. Things, he's sir. he's he's
5: very good to the GI Joe finest costume group too. He'll take time to uh, get pictures with the group and stuff. Uh, by the way, is anyone here going to Joe Fest in uh, June? Because I'll be there.
0: I'm giving it oh, serious God. consideration. Cool. It's right oh, after dude. Heroes Con, and I'm considering just driving down there after Heroes Con and I'm just going to Joe Fest as a fan and not not as an artist.
1: Cool. Yeah, we well, a... plan on getting another one of these years. Cool. There's well, if you a... do, hit me up. Definitely. All right, but that is the Soldier of the Month for this month. Uh, we've covered everything else. So let's go ahead and just get any final thoughts for either the issue, the episode, or anything we've talked about today. And I'm going to go, let's start with our guest, Darren. Do you have any final thoughts on anything we've talked about today, anything you want to say?
3: I uh, just uh, enjoyed uh, being part of it and reading uh, reading these issues, and uh, I don't know, I'm just kind of learning as I go, but uh, basically everything I've said, I basically said already, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs>
1: Well, it was great finally getting you on. I've been planning this for a while, and just time. And again, I, I don't like have I don't want like to have too many people on here, but it's hard for me to get rid of people. So,
4: hmm, hmm. Jared.
1: No, uh, <laughs> but, but no, it was great having you on. I'm glad to finally here with you, talk with you, Darren. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, do you have any final thoughts on anything we've talked about today?
7: Uh just that it was fun to
2: uh, read this uh, issue again. This issue first entered my consciousness when I was young because this was the issue I could never find. It was always the one that was ridiculously expensive. These two, um, this one and the next one, and issue two, because of various reasons, were the ones that I could never get until it was eventually collected in a digest. So it just made me feel really special at the time to finally get to read it You know, later after the fact. And it was nice to go back and read it again and realize that the quality that I remember from uh, childhood is still there. So it is a solid com- uh, G.I. Joe story, and it's a solid comic book.
1: Jared!
2: Zing! You...
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only have two final thoughts. One is I miss Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christados, And the second one is, you know, quicksand. Oh... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh... Kevin, pull that one up.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, welcome Darren to the uh, the pack here. Uh, hope he's not scared off and hopefully he'll come back.
0: <laughs> welcome, Darren. I blame myself, Darren. <laughs> but uh, I obviously
5: uh, the issue 26 is uh, wonderful for so many reasons and we've covered it and uh, um, definitely would make a good poster on the wall, I would say. Uh, the the cartoon. This was fun. Uh, it's just it's one of those things that made me really enjoy waiting to get home after school to watch. And this was one of the episodes that I do remember. But I have to say, um, I've lost a little respect for Wild Weasel. <laughs> um, yeah, I, he, he makes up for it in issue 34, which we'll cover
2: eventually. Oh at, uh, yeah, season. I remember that. Can I be on that one? I like that one.
1: Remind me, and I'll definitely have you on that one. Okay. <laughs> You're replacing Kevin. No, I'm just, uh, huh. <laughs> uh <laughs> And Brad, do you have any final thoughts on anything today?
2: I, I, I'm just proud that I was able to get through this whole episode and issue with hardly talking any shit about Zartan. I think it's a, it's a, it's a growth and, uh, on my part, and I think I should be applauded for that, or at least I in <laughs> Brad, you, you yeah. and I could do a podcast called Zartan is Stupid and Let Us Tell You Why. I'll, 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 <laughs> I,
6: I We Any could fill time. hours
2: of that stuff. Uh, but I, I, I will say that I was really looking forward to recording this episode because this is one of my favorite issues of G.I. Joe. It's one of my favorite single comic book issues of all time. And, you know, going back, this was right around the time I started getting into uh, G.I. Joe, the comic. Um, It it wasn't until a couple issues later that I started buying it on a regular basis. And I remember getting, uh, you know, filling in the gaps, at least getting 27 and 26 uh, shortly thereafter. So this was kind of my gateway into uh, Joe comics. I was already into the toys then. So this is kind of my favorite era. G.I. Joe's. It was a lot of fun to record this one with you guys. But
1: No, thank you guys all very much for uh, joining me. It's a pleasure finally talking with you, Darren, and you guys are all... I'm glad to have you guys on. I'll be willing to have you guys all back, except for uh, the ones that talk crap about uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. woo Rad and good.
4: Jonathan. No.
1: <laughs> I made the cut for one, one more episode.
4: I'll
1: no, yeah. do it again. <laughs> but, no, I... I respect you guys, and I thank you guys very much for playing along and, and be willing to take time out of your day to talk to me, because, again, I love G.I. Joe, and I, I love talking to other people about G.I. Joe. So thank you guys very much for joining me. Uh, before I let you guys go, let's go ahead and uh, find out a little about where they can find you if people want to hear more about you from the Internet. So let's go ahead and start with Brad. If people want to hear more about you, where can they find you on the Internet?
2: My website, which is bradabraham.com, not zartansucks.com.
1: <laughs> I'm working on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and Jared.
0: Uh, you can find me at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can check out the Yard Sale Artist at BigCartel.com I also podcast on the Long Box Crusade and on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Or you can check out my website, iRubBalmOnYourGroin.com. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I'll leave that with that soothing thought.
1: Once again, Kevin, follow that up. <laughs>
5: Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. You can also find me on the Fandom Podcast Network, where I host about 70 shows, including Bloody Kings, the Highlander podcast, and uh, the Hair Metal podcast, and we do stuff for Discovery and the Orville and football and a bunch of other fun stuff over there on the Fandom Podcast Network. And Jonathan, do you
1: have anything you want to promote? Nah, I'm good. (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: no. Uh, I do a couple of things here and there. Uh, my wife and I have two podcasts. We have one called the Rod Pod, where we talk about IDW Transformers stuff. We are covering the Phase Two comics in order. And another one called Married with Comics, where we talk about pretty much everything else. You can find both of those under Married with Comics. Point your podcast catcher at that term or MarriedWComics.Lipson.com. We're also on Facebook. Look for Married with Comics podcast. On uh, Twitter, we are MWC underscore podcast. Add us, make comments. We're hilarious. And also, speaking of Transformers, you can occasionally catch me over on the Longbox Crusade doing Transformers Chronicles, the Marvel years with Pat and Delvin.
1: And
3: Darren, do you have anything you want to promote or anything you want to mention? Sure. uh, You can find me and my my friends on G.I. Joe Collectors Club Canada on Facebook. Just, uh, that's about my only place you can find me.
1: <laughs> I love that group. Great, great group of guys. And you can find me, as usual, here on the Headcast Network. I've got all my different shows. I've got Head Speaks, where I talk about comics, movies, whatever. That's my interest. I'm finishing up my look at the Armageddon 2001 crossover. We've got this very show here, G.I. Joe, a Royal American Headcast. We've got the third week of the month is Task Force X where I talk about the Suicide Squad and Checkmate from the late 80s, early 90s. And then I have my Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour show, the fourth Tuesday of the month, where I talk about the Will Payton Starman and the Mark Shaw Manhunter comics. Uh, By the time this comes out, I will be, I think next month I'll be on the last issue of the Manhunter book, and I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do after that. I either just do Starman all the time or maybe look at the Kate Spencer Manhunter. I'm not quite sure yet. I'm still kicking that idea around. Uh, also, the fourth Tuesday of the month, we have Bravo Team, where we look at something other GI Joe related that's not tied into the main, uh, either cartoon or real American Hero continuity. Okay, well, once again, thank you guys very much for joining me. Thank you guys out there for listening. Uh, until next month, remember, knowing is half the battle. Till all. Yo, Joe. Joe. Yo, Joe.
4: Nice bike. Maybe we could borrow it? No, that's stealing. I'll ask for permission later.
7: Uh Uh-oh. Looks like you're asking for trouble
1: now.
6: Shipwreck. How would you like
1: it if someone took your bike? I wouldn't. And if you get caught. i definitely end up in trouble. Remember, taking something that isn't yours just isn't right. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, is available monthly on iTunes, Stitcher, and at HeadSpeaks.com. All characters and stories are owned and trademarked by their respective owners. We claim no ownership other than our opinions. All audio and images are used for entertainment purposes and falls under fair use. We make no money from this headcast. For more of the monthly G.I. Joe, check out the IDW series. For the stories we're covering, look for the comics and trade paperbacks. Let us know what you think. Send us an email letting us know your thoughts. Joe's dismissed. Yo, Joe. Hello. 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 Hmm. My mic sounds nice, check one? one. Oh, God, showed <laughs> up. I mean,
0: hey, Jared. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs>
3: Yo, Joe. Just, just the rookie.
1: Uh,
0: He's crazy <laughs> on me. I got a whole show based around rookie agents. <laughs> uh,
1: some might say that. Uh, Jared's a rookie agent. Oh, No, crooked agent is what you're thinking of. Oh, there you go. I get confused. Well? Yo, Joe. Yeah. Sexy
0: Brad. <laughs> Sexy Jared. <laughs> Darren's, like, Darren's like, what the hell, guys? So is this? Yeah. <laughs>
3: no, I'm, I'm just finding it funny because I always listen to you guys. I just never get to... Uh, Spawn <laughs> is,
0: is Darren is the uh, is the new Pat.
1: Yes, Darren. We replace Pat with Darren. So he's I'm, sexy Pat. I am I replacing <laughs> you with Brad. Um. <laughs> you got a big
0: face out plan going on.
1: <laughs> Yo, Joe. They're
0: like little weenies you stick in your mouth. Yo, Joe. I'm gonna try to put this wiener in my mouth. Yo, Joe. This time I'm not making any money off of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: look man wow. struggling artists
0: That's gotta good. do what
1: struggling artists gotta do like the old saying goes i'm not gay but hey 20 bucks is 20 bucks <laughs> <laughs> so the head, head
2: cap is switching over to a paid model hmm. like
3: buck 95 a minute right <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it.
1: How-
2: Mm. little credit card number oh actually if you look at the back reverse it says for a vid time
4: 900
2: mm-hmm. 720 900- mm-hmm. this is the uh, Parker Brothers, <laughs> the Parker Brothers uh, call in and find out about the latest games like Hubert.
4: <laughs> yo Joe thank
0: you I, did I hear Costados just now <laughs> <laughs> Calls Brad Papa? <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very articulate three year
0: old.
1: Who, your child or past <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you say articulate? Definitely the child. Yo Jo.
3: Is he the one that doesn't like Zartan that much? No, that's me. That's, that's, Brad.
0: Brad.
2: <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Brad. That's <laughs> not a fan I of Zartan. I'm, I'm back from work.
0: All
3: right, on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yo, Joe. I don't want to get lumped in, in with Brad, but I also want Brad to know that I understand. I think Zartan is, I think Zartan is overrated, but I don't think I dislike him as much as you do.
2: <laughs> and, that, and that's all I
0: ask, Jared. I just I people I
4: don't
2: understand why Zartan is not my favorite part of, of. Is great comic, so as long as people understand my
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: the toy. Hey, you know what? I, I would put the toy. I would put the Zarkan action figure in like top. What, my oh five, like, yeah, five Joe figures. The color was toy was amazing. Right. You know, neat. definitely he was a cool toy.
0: So Yo Joe, I see you got a dial town picture.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Darren likes the dial tone. I, I was just gonna say, ironically enough, do you know what what Cristiano's favorite is? <laughs> His style. Too?
3: Yeah, I know. I I know it. <laughs> so it's
0: full blown takeover, yeah. I guess.
1: See, that's why that's why Darren's given the new, hat. <laughs> The sexy cat <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe. I don't know if
0: I've ever mentioned this before, but I'm friends with John Beatty. Who?
1: And, uh... <laughs> I that may have came up once or five. Or... It, dozen
0: times. John's, John's one of the organizers for Daytona Beach, so he always makes sure his buddy, old, his old buddy Jared gets a slot at the show. <laughs> oh, hey, Jared, I
1: think you dropped something there. Oh,
0: oh. <laughs> Better pick that name up. I do see, see if you can see my digest oh, and oh, if I put nice. it by the camera. Oh,
1: very nice. <laughs> huh. Yo, Joe.
0: Uh Pat just started texting me. He said, what are you doing? Are you podcasting? Tell everyone how much I love issue 21. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's why he's been replaced. Oh. Yep. Yo,
0: Joe. Aaron, do you want to guess who I'm texting with right now? You want to guess?
1: Uh, your buddy, John.
0: It's not baby.
5: Do you guys want me to use my unsigned copy of 26 or the signed copy of 26? What do you want me to use? <laughs> Use a sign copy. A I'm using design. my <laughs> sign
2: copy. There it is.
1: <laughs> What's it? Uh, what the hell is happening? Yo, Joe. Okay, so I'll bring this up. I normally do uh, get Darren's Joe origin story, and then we'll go into the issue. Any questions before we get started? I bet it's not as interesting as, as this origin story.
3: <laughs> Probably not. That's what I... My... <laughs>
0: and no.
5: find out. You never
0: know. Love you, Darren. <laughs> uh, you, do you want me to start on that one? Canadian Ninja Schools aren't as famous, but they're there. <laughs>
5: <laughs> they kill you, and then they all die. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Sure are you. laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, well, I, I guess we're not insulting Canadians since we have one on the show, but. Uh. Yo, Joe. Have Yo, Joe. Alright, we're going to take a quick break and uh, refill our Joe Colas, and we'll be right back.
2: He means booze. <laughs> yes, Boy. I do. Boy, I
0: want that grape soda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Ba, 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 da, da,
4: da.
2: Yo <laughs> Joe. Uh, give me a give me a one minute.
1: Boom right. boom 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 boom. I have
2: to refill my grape.
7: So.
0: Uh, <laughs> 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 like we got a mix going, yo <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yo Joe. Anybody know of any highlighter podcasts I can listen to? <laughs> you know, <I> know. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a single one. <laughs> no I'm, I'm looking. Well, I'm looking for one that where they where the hosts express interesting views. I said interesting views. <laughs> a uh, no, that's definitely. <laughs> a a joke uh, well, You won't know. Much no, One that. guy here probably got that.
5: You know, I you know, in two weeks I'm flying to Vancouver, Canada, as I mentioned, and uh, I'm going there because of Highlander because the TV show was filmed there. <laughs>
0: Yo, Joe. Aaron Moss is dead. Only you and I remain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, promises, promises. <laughs> <laughs> now the cartoon. I'm married with children. I work for the government. <laughs> I'm looking forward to death at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a neat thing. <laughs> Yo, Joe. We lost Jonathan. Oh, you you said Jonathan. Oh. He knows what he did. <laughs> but, um, well, it's fun. Yeah, back on while I'm talking. But, yeah, so at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yo, Joe. So I watched that.
4: Oh, there
2: I, I am.
1: That. There you are. Hi. Lost you. Yep. I got you back. Hey, Jonathan.
2: Turns out yeah, that's as as the saying, button. It was the hang-up
4: button.
1: <laughs> so as I was saying last night, I watched. I got home from work. I watched episode four of GI Joe. Yo, Joe, and once Jared's done, letting everyone's cross with with, uh, like, man. with Ben Gay or whatever he's got his bomb. First aid and buddy care is a legit class you take in the
0: military. Yo, Joe. I have actually a question for Kevin. Kevin, you cosplay a shipwreck?
5: Yes, I do. That was actually my first uh, GI Joe costume.
0: Oh. Awesome. I, I need I you to practice that you. victory dance. <laughs> and I, <need> to, <laughs> and I, I think I need to see that.
5: <laughs> and I need, apparently I need to take more steroids, too. <laughs>
2: Yo, Joe. And there's a dog. There's, yeah, there's
1: yes, it's your wife's dog. Uh, <laughs> Shut
0: up, stupid. Talking to me or the dog? I, I'm very it's unclear. Okay. The
1: dog. <laughs> okay. <me>. The dog. <laughs> Speaking of shutting up and stupid. Yo, Joe. Very nice. Thank you. I want to thank all of you guys for joining Thank you all you guys for joining me. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: I think your house is haunted, dude. one of
1: my one of my Avengers cans back here, popped, I think, or something. I'd like to thank y'all for kids.
4: Oh. <laughs> Leave this podcast.
5: Oh maybe we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie
1: uh, even yes. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs>
4: This is me in a
1: hard reference. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I'm I older. <laughs> Yo, Joe. Uh,
2: married W Comics at our dot Lipson dot. Married W Comics dot Or what the? F- <laughs> you know what? Screw that part. Take like all that out.
4: Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> runs the bomb on it. Yo, Joe. Hey, Aaron. Can I? But, yes. Can I do a thing, and can you edit it back at, into my where you can find me? Because I forgot an important thing. <laughs> oh, jeez. am um, uh, Look, <laughs> it better not be about groin Robin. No, you asked me,
1: <laughs> I know you're going to keep it. Yo,
2: Joe. Okay. Let me know for the All next right. one. I, I totally want to be on the next one, too, because I love that. All right.
1: I'll definitely... Do not tell him about the next one. I'm still
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's still here. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: halfsies